smile on my face because I love Christmas. And you very, very cleverly, and very, you're very good at this, you pretended that you hadn't brought me a Christmas present. Well, uh, we did discuss it earlier in the week. If you're going to bring the cards to the table, let's lay them out. What, is, what does that mean? Well, you said you said about Christmas presents yeah. for people, yes. and I said, oh, I haven't got you one, and right. you said, don't worry, I ain't got you one, you're not part don't, of the team. No one ever... Oh, uh, that's no. exactly what you said. No one ever... Oh, uh, yes, you did. Mm. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Rude. I did have bought presents for everyone. Oh, I didn't get one from Catherine. How rude. Morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's, we've, we're doing the show, we'll do it, and we'll have a good stab at it, but let's be honest... My mind, and I'm sure yours is elsewhere. Is it your last day at work as well? <laughs> some of the suckers here, I said suckers, some of them are working over Christmas. Can you believe it? I've got a week off. My Christmas holiday starts in two hours and 56 minutes. I know. So, you know, my mind is kind of not on the show. We do have lots of things in the next three hours, though, so don't worry. It, it might be a little bit shoddy, but we're going to cram content in as much as we can, including... The story you heard uh, Catherine talking about there, BBC Three Counties investigation, reveals how much money volunteers are saving hospitals by helping drunk people on our streets, including giving them flip-flops. No, I didn't get it to start with. It'll all become clear in a bit. And is it fair for women to pay as much car insurance as men? Well, from today, gender equality comes into effect. You wanted it, sisters. You've got it. Companies can't discriminate between men and women. And it's the start of the big Christmas getaway. Our Christmas correspondent, Justin Dealey, is going to be at Luton Airport. Are you planning to travel to see family and friends? Get in touch. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send us a text on 81333, starting your text 3CR. Or you can give us a call. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, BBC Three Counties Radio has found that volunteers who help drunk people on nights out have saved more than £100,000 in the last three years, preventing people being sent to A&E. Tonight, the Safe Hut team will be out in Milton Keynes giving out condoms ooh, and flip-flops, huh? and the SOS bus will be doing something similar in Luton. It's the last Friday before Christmas, known as Black Friday, for the ambulance service who are expecting it to be as, as busy as New Year's Eve. Well, our reporter, Jessica Cooper, spent last Friday night speaking to people about the safe hut in the theatre district in Milton Keynes. I've seen girls wandering along with no shoes on and I just think, you're going to hurt yourself. <laughs> Literally, it's a good idea to put flip-flops on, Why don't not? you think? Yeah. And a bit of water when you're a little bit too drunk, you know, sober yourself up. I'm not sure about the whole condom situation because that's like promoting sex with randomers. I don't really think that's a good idea. Men take the flip-flops as well. Would you take the flip-flops? Oh, of course, yeah, I'll take the flip-flops. Happily. The volunteers here, basically, they hand out these things, but ultimately they are um, preventing people having to go to A&E because they're not falling over or they're dealing with them here so they haven't got to call an ambulance, saving quite a lot of money. Well, that's oh, good yeah. because for people that are generally like not gone out and got drunk and they're generally hurt, they go to A&E and they have to sit there for hours and hours on end. So this is a really good idea because it just cuts the, li- like, cuts the waiting time. Do you... Uh, feel guilty ever getting too drunk and then having to rely on volunteers to help you not necessarily i mean the times when i've been drunk i have gone straight home do you know what i mean i've never been in a situation of where i need to get assistance so you're coming to the safe hut you're having your water 
Have you had some sweets as well? Yeah, I've had some sweets, yeah. So what do you think of the idea? It's a really good idea, honestly. You, like, um, Honestly, I've come out too drunk and I feel really safe coming here. I feel really safe coming here. And I just think it's really good for the community. It's Jessica Cooper speaking uh, to some people out and about the Milton Keynes. Well, Andy Jones is a volunteer who helps out at the Safe Hut. Morning, Andy. Good morning, Ian. How are you? I'm great. It seems like a, a, a cracking idea. Although the, young, the eloquent young lady there says that by handing out condoms, you're promoting sex with randomers. Well, no, we're not promoting sex with random people, we're promoting safe sex. Good. Um, every now and again, with a few drinks inside us, you know, the spirit of love overtakes us all. <laughs> I, I remember those days with, yeah. with uh, embarrassment. Why do you choose to stay up and walk the streets, Andy? I don't know sometimes. <laughs> it's freezing cold. Yeah, I bet. Uh, but, um, yeah, I'm, um, I'm old enough now to have my own kids that are out doing this sort of stuff, and, you know, it's, it's nice to think that there's people out there just looking after them when they've... You know, they're, they're not all completely out of their heads with drink and stuff like that, and sometimes they just need pointing in the right direction, pointing to a licensed taxi rank, that sort of thing. Um, and, you know, it's my chance to put a little bit back in, to be How old, You said your kids. How old are your kids, Andy? I've got a 20-year-old and one who was 18 earlier this week. Oh, well, uh, congratulations. Happy birthday. Boys or girls? Uh, they're both... Well, I've got three, and I've got a 13-year-old. I've uh, forgotten her. She's still fast asleep. Good. So, uh, but they're all girls as well. So. See, now, Andy, listen, as I'm a dad, but it's boys, so it's different. But as, as a dad of 18, 20-year-old girls, when you see how young people are behaving when they're boozed up like that, does it not fill you with dread? Well, I mean, it's, it's not really the sort of thing you do if you want to be judgmental, Ian. Yep. Um, you know, I'm, I'm old enough to remember that I was young once, too, um, and so I'm not going not gonna to cast the first stone there. And to be quite honest, most of the kids are out, they just want to have a good time, have a few drinks, um, just every now and again, you know, particularly around Christmas, you know, they get, perhaps get a little carried away and just need a nudge in the right direction. And it's genuinely saving money, isn't it? How, how is it doing that? Well, I mean, I mean, there are a number of reasons that the, the Safe Hut system is in place, you know, and it's sort of funded by private donations of people around the centre of Milton Keynes. Uh, but one of the things we want to do is sort of keep sort of minor injuries away from A&E, which, where, they, you know, they're busy at this time of year, you know, depending on the weather and that sort of thing. Uh, and, but, you know, there are a number of things like people getting cut feet, you know, falling over, sprained ankles and things like that. And so we have the support of St John's who are out on site with us. Um, and, you know, we keep some statistics year on year. I think in the four years since we've been running, uh, we have two recorded instances of people's lives being saved wow. with mouth to mouth and that sort of thing. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, yeah, saving money is one thing. Keeping away from A&E is another. Making sure they have a good fun night out is, is really the, the, the bottom line of it all. It's, it's only run over Christmas, isn't it? A few weeks over Christmas. Is, is this something you think could be, could work throughout the year? I mean, I think it could, Ian, but we're going to go back to the uh, thorny topic of funding. Mm. You know, this is all done by volunteers, you know, people like they're trying to promote Milton Keynes as a great place to go out, to, you know, of an evening. But it's, you know, we noticed particularly in the run-up to Christmas, um, I mean, less so this year, it's been quite quiet. I think it looks like there's a recession on. Is um, there? We should, we should mention it on the radio. I've not yeah, heard about that. I think, I think we should let everybody know about yeah. that. But as I say, we're expecting it to, you know, take off tonight and tomorrow night and, you know, be really busy. We have extra volunteers on. Uh, and, you know, we want everybody just to have a good time. How, and how many of you are doing it? How many are going to be out tonight? Uh, I mean, there's normally sort of four to five volunteers, yeah. you know, on, on the peak shifts here. But, you know, over the course of a Christmas period, you know, we'll have a, a pool of between 15 and 30 volunteers that take it in turns because... Certainly at my age, I can't stay up that late no, too often. No, it gets hard, doesn't it? it Andy, does. I think it's a cracking job you're doing. Keep up the good work. Hey, thanks, thanks ha- Have a good Christmas. And Merry Christmas to all you guys. There we go. Thank you, folks. It's Christmas. How exciting is that? That sounds like a brilliant little project, doesn't it?
Andy Jones there, who helps out at the Safe Hut in Milton Keynes. Oh, this is exciting. I've just been handed two presents by my members of team who mysteriously didn't have presents for me earlier on. Kelly Betts. And uh, something from Catherine Boyle. We'll open Catherine's present a little bit later on when she's on the air with me, and we'll see what it is. How exciting! Ah, proper Christmas! 6.15. And that was a proper Christmas song, by the way. Boney M. You wait for the next one. Corker. So, so far we've had Boney M, right? That's a proper Christmas song. This is a quite a good Christmas song, Mariah Carey. Coming up, the next song after this... Well, I told Justin Dilly I wanted it. He found it on the computer, but he confused me by saying, Ian, I found the J-Man for you. The what? Who is the J-Man? Find out in about mm, 15, 20 minutes. Who is the J-Man? I was very confused in the office yesterday. Dealey turned to me... All right, Lisa, I've got the J-Man for you. What? I said, what? The J-Man, I've got the J-Man for you. He's in the show tomorrow. You'll find out who the J-Man is in about 15, 20 minutes. It's worth waiting for. Proper Christmas song. Now, is it fair for women to pay as much for their car insurance as men? From today, prices will raise for women by an average of 25%. It's because of European Court of Justice rulings, which were made in 2011. Companies will no longer be able to vary premiums, uh, premiums according to the policyholder's sex. Our reporter, Serena Farrow, has been asking people in Bedfordshire whether they think it's fair. They take all the details into account. If men are higher risk, then they should pay more. Sorry. Maybe it's a bit biased because I'm a lady, but that's life. So no, I think it's totally unfair. Not fair, definitely. Especially younger men, they tend to be a bit more careless than women. Why are we getting charged more? Just because we're women. But you're on your other half's insurance, is that because it's cheaper? It is because it's cheaper, I suppose, yeah. Oh, it's a bit sexist, really. I don't know, maybe we should be paying the same. Why should men and women be different paying because we're a man and a woman? You don't think we're safer? No, especially when we've got screaming kids in the back. They should pay as much as us, yeah. Equality and everything. It's, I guess it's fair to have women as the same as men. Statistics prove that women are better drivers. So in a way, we're paying for men's accidents. So it's going to go up even more. Why should I have to suffer because of men? No, if they can get it cheaper, I don't blame them for that. I wish the men could get it cheaper. Watch the women to pay more, get the men to pay less. I mean, that's going the wrong way about things, isn't it? Rather, let the women pay less and then we can say, we want to pay less. That's going backwards, going the other way, say, bring them up. That's giving the people and insurance companies more money. You know, if we want equality and everything, then might as well have equality in car insurance as well. Yeah, that's great. I won't, definitely won't be able to afford it then. So how yeah. much was your insurance? About 1200 Yeah, a little 1.2. Nothing special. Driving since I was 18. I'm 24 now. I did it for a year and no, won't be doing that again. Not in a hurry. Get the bus, which is ridiculously expensive, but still cheaper. Well, Maria McCarthy is a motoring journalist and also author of The Girl's Car Handbook. Good morning, Maria. Good morning. Is it fair that women are going to be paying the same rates as men now? Well, I mean, it's quite an interesting development, really. I mean, basically, um, this has all come about because there's been a ruling that in the past there's this ruling that um, you couldn't discriminate by gender when supplying like, goods and services uh, but there was an exemption when there was just, like solid statistical evidence to support it. Now there is actually solid statistical evidence to support the fact that young men in particular um, have more accidents than young women 
Uh, and this is actually not because they're not good drivers. They tend to be very skillful drivers, and they pass their tests very quickly. But of, they've got this issue around sort of overconfidence, mm. and like, you know, overtaking on bends and so forth. And a lot of the time they get away with it, and then there's a time when they don't, and it all goes very badly wrong. And there's a very, very expensive accident to sort out. So basically the main difference is between young men and young women, those under the age of 25. And what's going to happen is that young women in, in that groups, car insurance, will probably go up by about 20%, perhaps even more. Uh, young men's will come down by about 10%. Um, and that's what's going to happen. And I think it is unfair, really, because, you know, it's not like just some sort of abstract thing. You know, that the number crunching does show that, uh, you know, young men um, are more expensive to insure and are responsible for more sort of, like, expensive accidents. You don't get young men, though, and I have seen this. This isn't me being, you know, oh, aren't I mm. sexist because I'm a bloke. You don't get young men doing their makeup in, while they're driving along the North Circular or up the M1 they're doing that. I've seen them do it. I've seen girls do it. But the thing is, if it doesn't result in an accident, then these right. companies don't care. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, do, do, why couldn't they, they just, they brought all of the insurance premiums down a, a bit more and levelled it out that way instead of bringing women up by 20%? Well, it's because, um, uh, you know, insurance companies are uh, conservative by nature and they want to keep their profit margins in. And so, you know, they want to sort of, like, you know, do it in such a way that, they, that whatever happens in terms of accidents in the future, uh, you know, people won't um, miss out. I mean, one way that people might want to look into doing it is um, there's a thing called telematics where you have um, a, the insurance company fits a black box oh, in the yes. car, and basically it does involve you know, the fact that they will monitor everywhere you go and exactly how you drive. So if you're doing like you know, um, 33 in the 30 miles an hour, an hour, um, mile per hour zone, they'll know about it. And the idea is that um, the better you drive, the, m- you, the more sort of, like, discounts you get on your insurance. And you can go home and, you know, because of, like, you know, the wonders of the internet that I don't really understand, uh, you can sort of see it on your, um, uh, you know, uh, internet screen. You can, like, look at some sort of dashboard there and, like, sort of see how you've been driving and sort of improve your driving uh, and get lower insurance that way. But I do think it's quite difficult for young men who don't fit into that boy racer thing yeah. and probably feel a bit aggrieved and sort of think, well, you know, uh, you know, I'm just being lumped in with all my mates and you know i'm not like that at all there will be some people listening maria uh, who will say listen you wanted equality you got the vote you burned your bras now pay a decent insurance premium but the thing is though it's not to do with that you know like the vote is every citizen is entitled to the vote um whereas this is to do with um stats it's to do with stats and maths and the fact that you know young men are responsible for accidents Maria, thank you very much. Not at all. Ta-ta, Not Maria McCarthy, motoring, motoring journalist, author of The Girl's Car Handbook. What do you think? Is it fair? 08459 455555. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. What are you doing for Christmas? Are you jetting off somewhere? I, I don't think I could spend Christmas abroad. There's too much, too much tradition here with families and things like that. But four million people are jetting off overseas. We've sent our Christmas getaway correspondent, Justin Dealey, out and about. Justin, where are you and what's happening? Ian, good morning. Good I'm Merry live. Christmas, Justin. And to you, Ian. Thanks for the present. I love you, brother. I love you. Won't well, be getting back one from me, but... Uh, yeah, sorry? Very, very, no, sorry. How rude. Sorry. Go on, get on with it. Uh, yes, I'm here at Lucerne Airport this morning. I can actually see your private jet in the, in the background. Leebird One. Yes, yes. yes. Tell, tell them to warm it up. I should yes. be there at quarter past nine. <laughs> the plane spotters are here already, acting suspicious. Uh, what are you doing here today? Oh, no, I'm, I'm just here on a day off. OK, well, maybe talk to them a bit later on. But uh, 125,000 people will be jetting off from Luton Airport over the festive period. I've been talking to one of those passengers a moment ago. Well, here's Rada. Rada, you're going home for Christmas. Tell yes. us where you're going. 
uh, to Romania. How excited are you about going home? Yes, I'm very happy to, to be with my family and with everybody, with my fiancé, yeah. So, when was the last time you saw your fiancé? Uh, two weeks ago. Two weeks? You haven't seen her for two weeks. You're going to get on the flight today, and you're going to be seeing her very soon. You're going to be all romantic, yeah, aren't you? Yes, very happy, yeah. <laughs> so, here's your suitcase. Yes. Inside that suitcase, are all the presents in there? Uh, yes, of course. Oh, fantastic. Listen, uh, your flight's probably waiting for you somewhere. I'll let you crack on. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, thank you very much. Bye. There you go, Rada. And you can just hear the romance there, Ian, can't you? It's not I don't think it was romance or lust. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to pounce on her. You took the words right out of my mouth. I'm glad you said that, not me. But, but lots of people going up to the airport. Airport way, very, very busy already. As I mentioned, over 100,000 people will be jetting off from Luton Airport over the festive period. And later, we're going to be inside the terminal. I came here last year, lots of people in bizarre hats and bizarre outfits, but, but certainly people very, very happy already, Ian. Justin, thank you for that. We'll speak to you a little bit later on. If you see Justin at the airport, do go and say hello to him. He's, he's, he's all right. He's a nice lad. And that's your latest news and sport. More from me at seven o'clock. Oh, oh, oh. Catherine, yeah. I'm going to open the present that you got me. Oh, do you know what? Yeah. I must admit, I've had it for a while, but I've just been waiting for the right man to come along. Oh, c- I thought this... Well, listen, I know that this you thought this was a P-take present. No, 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 I didn't. I know that you will appreciate it. I've been holding out for the Ladies right person. Ladies and gentlemen, I have Neil Diamond's A Cherry Cherry Christmas. <laughs> Thank you very much, Catherine. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Text 81333. Start your message with 3CR. Text charged at the standard network rate. This is BBC Counties Radio. Yes, it was wrapped in the same uh, wrapping paper that I I used to give uh, Catherine her present, but still, a dirty, cracked CD of Neil Diamond, A Cherry Cherry Christmas. I'll have some of that. One of the greatest Christmas songs of all time coming up soon. It's The J-Man. Have you worked out who it is? Well, uh, we'll play that in a second. Before that, let me just let me just tease you with what we've got between now and seven. The world ends today, apparently. Yeah, sorry, just let, let's tease you with uh, Armageddon. Yeah, uh, it's according to the Mayans or the Mayans. Never quite sure how you say it. We'll, we'll find out. We'll find out as well why one group of people say they've buried a shipping container full of water and food so they can survive whatever happens. They're protecting themselves, and they're Jack Russell. And are you planning to go overseas for Christmas? 125,000 people are expected to jet off from Luton Airport to join friends and family. Our reporter, Justin Dealey, will be with them. Guess who the J-Man is yet? It's one of the greatest Christmas songs of all time. Come on. That's proper Christmas. I have no, no idea what year that was, but I would say, I would guess 1978, because it reminds me of being sort of about five... And being very excited, the J-Man, as uh, Justin Dealey refers to him, a.k.a. Johnny Mathis, when a child is born. If you don't like that song, you have no soul. You have no soul whatsoever. Hey, none of us may have soul shortly. The world is about to end. According to believers, a cataclysmic event is going to take place at 11 minutes past 11. Oh, nuts, before the consumer hour on JVS. Oh, gutted, I like that bit. It's been predicted by the Mayans. Well, a group of people in Suffolk say they've buried a shipping container full of water and food so they can survive whatever is about to happen in a few hours. Luke is one of the people organising the survival effort. Good morning, Luke. Good morning, Ian. What's what's in this shipping container? Right, well, there is food, there is water, there is clothing, there is lighting, there is batteries, life rafts in case there's a flood. We've got it wrong and there's just going to be a flood and they're the self-inflating ones. Um, We have game system, you name it, we've got Hang it. Hang on a second. Right, you're predicting the end of the world. You've got an Xbox in there. Yes, yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. What, yeah. Ga- what games have you got? 
as far as I know, Call of Duty. So, so, far, so right, so uh, at the end of the world, right, let me just get this right, Luke. Get, get me angry now. At the end of the world, right, it's apocalypse. You and your mates and your dog are the only ones surviving, and you have to build a new race, and the only bit of culture going to take is Call of Duty, where you run around shooting people. Yes, that's right, yes. Yes, that's right, yes. Yeah. Who yeah. else is, who's, who's in this with you, Luke? Right, well, so, well, I, I didn't, uh, I, I, I better make it clear, I didn't organise this at all. Oh, OK, um, you're just latching yeah. onto it, OK. Yeah, yeah, I, I've actually latched on. Good for you. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. chap called Dean, and uh, Dean, Dean's uh, an ex-army chap. Oh, right. Um, and uh, a few of his survivalist friends got together and decided to buy a field uh, about five months ago. Um, How much does a field cost these days? So far, uh, they've spent. I, I worked out they've spent just over a hundred thousand pounds on all of this. So uh, I would say the purchase price of the field was probably about eighty-two thousand, from what I can work out. Blimey! So, okay, yeah. Yeah. So they uh, bought. He's bought a field. He's bought a field. He bought himself a shipping container. Yeah, shipping. He yes. Hired, he hired a JCB. He's buried the container. He's reinforced it as uh, as I understood it was sort of collapsed with the weight of the earth. Yeah. Um, he's then put concrete over the top oh. with an access hatch yeah. into the, in, in, into it from the top, you see. Yeah. So, and he's, yeah, filled it up with supplies. And our, our, uh, what we've been told we will do is we will stand around in the field from uh, sort of 11 o'clock. Yeah. If, as, as Veen says, if we see any physical changes in yeah. the world... Like a big crack come- appears in the ground like in that film 2012. When was the last Luke? Dean is is organised this. When was the last time you spoke to Luke? uh, To Dean, sorry. When was the last time you spoke to him? The last time I spoke to Dean was last night, roughly about seven o'clock. Okay, because we have been trying to get hold of him, and and we can't now. This could mean paying the money. He did pay me the money yesterday. Right. Uh, He he paid you money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. He's been paying me daily for helping him. Things, How much know, do you get for helping a loon- uh, for helping a survivalist? A survivalist, I've been getting one hundred and five pounds a day, mate. Flipping, that's more than work experience. Ollie gets, he's off. Look, but well, you've yeah, got. Well, I thought this time of year it was handy. One hundred and five pounds a day, and he's. But if the world it. ends, Luke, the money will be useless. Well, yes, but of course, if it doesn't end, it will be very, very handy. And if it does end, uh, I'm there, aren't I? And I'll survive. Well, we're, we're worried, Luke, that you might have been stitched up by Dean. He's got this hard, all this hard work and all this labour done for for, for pretty pretty good price. Um, yeah. And then he's nicked off, and he's hiding down in his his box, and he's not going to let you in. Well, I hope he doesn't. I hope he doesn't, because obviously, you know, as, you, as, as we've already mentioned, I've got my little Jack Russell. Uh, and I've arranged with a, another friend of mine who's got a female Jack Russell to, to uh-huh. borrow her for the day. So if it does happen, we can carry the breed on. Okay, so you're going to carry the breed on of Jack Russells, and you're right. Oh, yes. That is actually okay. very important, Luke. Are there any girls, any women of um, childbearing age uh, involved in this project with you? There were none. No, none. no. No, there, there were none. Right. There, 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 there were no women. And I will say that, obviously... Um, you know, I was sort of hoping that there will be other survivors, otherwise it's going to be pretty boring for about the next 50 years of my life, my friend. You don't have sex with um, someone who's just survived on their own means. I've seen those disaster films, and really, you know, you wouldn't want to go there. But so the Jack Russells are going to be continued, but the human race could be wiped out. If I'm honest, Luke, Dean yeah. sounds like he's only half thought this project out. Right, well, he is an incredibly rich guy. I mean, my, my view of the project is obviously also, and I will say it, yeah. is that... Um, you know, I mean, I, I've, I've checked with with a chap who uh, who lives down in Essex anyway, and he said it's okay to mention it on air, and he's listening in now. So I'll yeah. say hello to him. Hello, hello, Mr. John Cappelly, Elrapel Horn Church. Yes. Um, John has said we're both 
Freemasons, and he said, oh, if right. I some of my regalia down with me and a couple of my uh, instruction books, he said, well, if the end of the world does happen, he said, you will be able to ensure that Freemasonry carries on. Brilliant. Well, you've so really we've ensured, we've ensured yeah. uh, most important, the most important thing in my life, to be fair. I'm, 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 I'm terrified that you and your mate Dean, who's a very rich man, are going to be the, the, the people that kind of start year zero. And, and oh dear, this is worrying. Where well, is, where I, is I, this I, field, Luke? It's, it's in the middle of Suffolk. Um, and he, like, like I say, we, we've had questions about planning permission and things. And yeah. said, well, we don't need planning permission, do we, really? No. In the world. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I can confirm there's no women. There are dogs involved. And we have an Xbox. And we'll be down there. Um, you know, uh, um, today I've got to pick up a few more batteries and things like that. And I've been told, because of the risk of EMP, when I get to the... the electromagnetic pulse. The electromagnetic... I've seen 24, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So because of the EMP, when I get there, I've got to take the car battery yeah. off the van, yeah, of course, the van battery, and take it down with me and wrap it in foil. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You should so. probably wear a tin foil hat as well, Luke. Do you think so? I, I would. Think... I would recommend making a, a ship's captain's hat out of tin foil. You, you never know. Well, yeah. I'm not, well, I was. I'm, I, I did get a little sort of dog Santa outfit that I was going to put the dog in, to be honest, and I was going to sort of put on a, a, a beanie hat to keep my head warm, but perhaps I should put a, a tin hat on, maybe. I don't know. Luke, uh, you're absolutely mental. It's been lovely yeah. talking to you. Best it's of been, luck. It's been bizarre, but there we are. Good, good, luck, in, good luck in the, in the next life. Thank you very much, my friend. Thank there we you. go. That's, that's Luke, who's um, absolutely bonkers. <laughs> he was good, wasn't he? Do you know what? In some ways, I kind of hope that Luke's right. I hope that Luke and Dean are right, and it is the end of the world, because I would, I would love the, 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 the world, the year zero, to be a few blokes, some Jack Russells, and an Xbox. Wonderful. Thank you, Luke. Let's get the latest weather with Elizabeth Rossini. Hello, a very good morning to you. As we head through the uh, the last weekend before Christmas, that's the forecast. It's the it? last weekend before Christmas, Elizabeth. No shopping. Oh I, gosh, I haven't done anything. Are you no, joking? I really? No, you, I haven't. It's got to be all done by now, hasn't it? I'm a lady. Of course, I've done it. You ain't no lady. You're my weather <laughs> girl. How rude! I barely know you. Speak to you later, on, Elizabeth. Bye. Ta ta. Be sad, cause two out of three ain't bad. <clears throat> Sorry. 125, I love that, a bit of meatloaf. Ooh. 125,000, and I've got a good voice as well, haven't I? I have got a good voice. Yeah, I have. Anyway, <laughs> it's Christmas, I'm drunk. 125,000 people will be heading to Luton, London Luton Airport today as the big Christmas getaway begins. Popular overseas... Des- I'm going to read a list of place names. Popular overseas locations for the lead-up to New, uh, New Year include Paris, Reykjavik, Rome, Dublin and New York. Well, Justin Dealey is at London Luton Airport this morning, aren't you, Justin? Oh, when I want you, I, I want, want you, I need you, I need you. But there ain't no <laughs> way, Justin, I'm ever going to get you. Oh, fantastic. But I want you and I need you. <laughs> oh, I need you. You are certainly in the Christmas spirit. I am. Um, as I'm, you mentioned there, Ian... Yeah. All these people um, travelling abroad for Christmas. I'm live at Luton Airport this morning. Over 100,000 people jetting off over the festive period. So where are these people going? I've been talking to one happy couple a moment ago. Here we have a married couple. Madam, what's your name? Mary Ellen Lang. And sir? Uh, I'm Alan Dean. And the big question, where are you going for Christmas? We're going to Israel. Oh, that sounds lovely, doesn't it? Yeah, it'll be lovely and warm and we'll get away from the weather here. Tease me with the temperature. How hot is it going to be in Israel? I think about 18 degrees. 
Yeah, I think I think I think yesterday in Tel Aviv it was round about 18 degrees, so it should be. It's going to be good. Lots of people are going to be very very jealous. Is this your first Christmas away? No, we usually try to get away at Christmas, usually either Spain or Portugal, but this year we thought, well, why not Israel? And lastly, madam, is there anything you'll miss about the UK, apart from the weather, obviously? Anything you'll miss about the UK over Christmas? Um, That's a no, then. The, fe- the festive cheer, I yeah. suppose. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, have a fantastic time. You look so happy. All the best. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Same to you. So Israel is one location. You can probably hear behind me, Ian, one of the private jets has just been officially started up here oh, yeah. at Luton Airport. It's not your one. No. The bird one. Uh, it's somebody else's. Now, have you got an atlas at the ready? Um, let me just... Hang on a second. Uh, the atlas? Yes, I got it. Go. Yes. OK, right. So here yep. is Charlotte as well. Well, this is a very interesting story. Charlotte, you're from Sydney. You flew into the UK yesterday to London. You're now here at Luton, and you're flying to where? To Budapest, Hungary. This is all slightly confusing. So so what's going on? So work gave us a forced annual leave last minute, so I've just jumped on a flight, going to meet some friends in Hungary, do a bit of travel, a bit of skiing. Incredible. So what will you miss about Christmas in Sydney? Uh, Lying on the beach, basically, because it's midsummer over there, pretty warm. How cold do you feel this morning? Not too bad, but I've dressed well. Yeah. But uh, last night I came home late. I was pretty pretty cold. Aren't you going to be sick of the travel, though? You come all the way from Sydney. Now you're going off again. Uh, no, it's my third time to Europe this year, so uh, no, I'm used to it. Um, I don't do jet lag anymore, apparently. So. <laughs> we'll have a fantastic trip. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. Cheers. That was Charlotte. So she's given up Sydney and the beach to go to Hungary. Forced annual leave. Mm. That kind of sounds... I, I would, you know, smile and take that. Well, in saying that, though, I mean, you, yes. you, you've got the beach in Sydney with the barbecues. Yes. You go to Hungary. I mean, I, I know what I'll take personally, yeah. but there you go. That's exactly. just me. You're working over Christmas, aren't you? I am. I'll be working <laughs> on... <laughs> <laughs> you idiot. Yes, I'll be working on Christmas Eve, yeah. standing in for you. Yes. Oh, you doing th- are you doing yes. this? Uh, yes. Don't mess it up. Uh, listen, no. I, I've just started to kick this show into shape. <laughs> I don't want to come back after Christmas and find you crashed it and ruined it. I shall do my very worst on that one for Thank you. Thank you very and, much. And, uh, yeah, Christmas Day as well, live in the afternoon between 2 and 6, one of the only live programmes anywhere in the UK at that moment in time, <laughs> because I am so sad. <laughs> because you are, the, you are... You need the cash. Yes, yes. Difficult times. Justin, anything else for us, or should we speak to you later on? Well, I did, I did speak to one person. Go on. They, they wouldn't come on. Oh. Um, they are going to Spain, and they're going to be touring Spain in a camper van for Christmas. As much as I tried to convince them to come on and tell their story... They felt a bit embarrassed about that. That sounds awful. Yeah, I know, I know. That, that's why come on. Have you ever been abroad for Christmas? I don't think I could do it, to be honest. I've done it once, and probably once only for me. It just wasn't the same. No. I went to Spain, mm. and, and when the waiters couldn't speak English and they're serving turkey, it just didn't quite feel right to me. It, Christmas for me, it's got to be cold, it's got to be grey and miserable, it's got to be in a relative's home, there's got to be a little bit of tension and Ooh. a few arguments, and it, I, I don't think I could go... I, I couldn't be somewhere hot and celebrate Christmas. You're missing one thing there, one key ingredient. Go on. One of the special things about Christmas, Boxing Day football. Speak to you later, Justin. Thanks, Ian. There we go. 08459 455 555. Have you ever spe- spent Christmas abroad? Are you doing it this year? I couldn't do it. I don't think I could do it. We've got relatives who live in Sweden, and last year we went before Christmas, I think. Sort of November, December, and it was cold and it was snowy and it was wonderful. But Christmas, Christmas for me has to be at my house or my sister's or my in-laws. I can't do it. I couldn't be somewhere hot over Christmas. That would just be too weird. Have you done it? Did it work for you? Are you going somewhere this year? Have you done it, Christmas abroad, and thought, oh no, never again. Christmas in a hotel, on a cruise? It's just dawned on me. There are two hours, 
two hours until my Christmas holidays start. And fair play, I was teasing Justin there for working Christmas. Let's be honest, he does he does need the cash. He's, if you saw the, the clothes he's wearing or not wearing, he needs he needs as much money as he can get his hands on. I'm off next week, but but Boxing Day between seven and nine in the morning, the festive face-off with myself and Jonathan Vernon Smith. I'll tell you more about it later. But first of all, let's get the latest news in sports. It's Catherine Boyle. Morning. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots coming up in the next hour of the show, including a BBC Three Counties investigation reveals how much money volunteers are saving hospitals by helping drunk people on our streets. Is it fair for women to pay as much car insurance as men? Well, from today, gender equality comes into effect. Companies can't discriminate between men and women. And boy, oh boy, was I excited when I heard about this yesterday. We told you about the Hawthorne Theatre. Do you remember that? In Welling Hatfield, it's banned three-year-olds from the Panto. Oh, guess what? They've listened to the show. They changed their mind, victory. And... They've changed their silly rules on their website. We'll tell you what's going on all in the next hour. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. 81333. Start your text 3CR. Oh, and we've got a couple of lines free. Give us a call 08459 455 555. And I'm particularly keen to hear from you this morning if you've ever spent Christmas abroad or you're thinking of doing it this year. Christmas in a hotel? On a cruise? In a hot country? It just... It just sounds so wrong. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, BBC Three Counties Radio has found that volunteers who help drunk people on a night out by handing out water and flip flops have saved more than one hundred thousand pounds in the last uh, three years. Uh, because people haven't had to go to A&E. Since volunteers started an SOS bus in Luton in March 2010, they prevented 300 ambulance call-outs call out being made at a cost of £300 each. In Milton Keynes, the Safe Hut does something similar, but only in the run-up to Christmas. Since 2009, it's believed it's helped more than 100 people avoiding, avoid going to A&E. Well, our reporter, Jessica Cooper, spent last Friday night with the team, including Andy Jones, who's one of the volunteers. It's really just a, a place for people to be able to come and be safe. Uh, we have a St John's facility next door uh, where they provide first aid and things like that. So we're here to help people have a good time at Christmas and also to um, you know avoid some of the burden that you might get at A&E later in the evening with some of the more minor injuries and things like that. How much do you think a voluntary service like this actually relieves the pressure on our emergency services? In 2010, we had a busy year. We saw 135 people in the run-up to Christmas, uh, 75 of which would potentially have been visits to the accident emergency unit and St John's treated here. We have, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, every other year, had one life-critical situation where their prompt intervention is, is recognised as save somebody's life. So, you know, it's definitely a valuable service, but um, it's also it's quite good fun and it helps people have a good night out. And they also give a good impression of Milton Keynes. We've just arrived, and this guy here just uh, offered us water, and it's a very nice object, but to be honest, I want to get drunk. Oh my God, are you flip-flop? Well, I'm Sarah Mills. I'm the marketing manager on the Theatre District, and, um, and this is the fourth year that I've got involved in volunteering at the Safe Hut. We want people to have a good time. Nobody can believe that it's all free and that we volunteer to do this, but 
it's really nice to be able to put something back into your town and and it's it, I don't know it just makes you feel good if you can help people it's very nice and it's um, different <laughs> no seriously I think it's a good idea it's showing that someone is thinking about you even if you're slightly drunk you know there's people out there caring for you I'm, I'm a bit sober this time. This so is really I, I want to say thank you for I was out with um, my ice hockey lot. We got a bit drunk. It was my first night out with them, so I was getting. I was, I was trying to impress them by drinking loads. I ended up in um, Safe Art. And they looked after me. They gave me some water. They sobered me up. I was going to, I was going to walk home, but a lovely lady, she um, got me in a taxi home, which was really good. They've saved me basically. I could have walked home, got lost, woken up in a bush somewhere, or even worse, someone could have beat me up because I was quite drunk. I didn't know what I was doing. So I really appreciate what they're doing. You know, we see already this evening we've treated a couple of people for minor injuries. Um, and so as the night wears on, you know, we'll be able to just, you know, wander around, give out some water, you know, some condoms, sweets, and things like that. And then later on, the great thing is the flip-flops, because the, the girls all love them when they've had a night dancing in high-heeled shoes. Oh, it reminds me of why I gave up drinking. That's what happens on a Friday night in Milton Keynes, and something similar is happening in Luton uh, tonight. Carly Stokes is the coordinator of the Luton SOS bus. Morning, Carly. Morning. Do you... Oh, I, f- I find drunk people so tedious. Is there not part <laughs> of you that just wants to go, oh, for goodness sake, grow up the lot of you? Sometimes, um, but most of the time, to be honest, we're having to watch my laugh with them, so... Yeah, well, how, explain, explain the SOS bus. What is it and how does it work? It's basically a bus, <laughs> um, and we've converted it into a first aid unit. Um, it goes out every Friday and every Saturday night in Luton, um, and the idea is basically it's just there as a place of safety if people need it. Um, it can be somewhere they can come and have a chat sober up if they need to um they can come and get some first aid treatment if necessary um or you know if they've lost their mates they need to charge their phone anything that they might need they you let them charge their phone yeah we oh do my goodness we do. gracious <laughs> me. when i was hey listen when i was a kid and i used to get drunk we didn't even have phones exactly well that's the thing i think um wow. you'd be so surprised we get so many people that come out get separated from their mates yeah. for whatever reason. They've got no means of communicating with anyone. So yeah, it can That it was can always help. that was always that was always part of Saturday night. You go out at yeah, two o'clock in the morning. I've, yeah. I've lost Steve. <laughs> Where's Steve? And then just walking home without Steve. Some new friends, yeah. But th- this has got a serious uh, point, is it? Because you've actually helped yeah. the emergency services and you you're you're saving money. Yeah, quite a considerable amount, I think, as well. Um, I mean, we've been going for almost um, three years. And um, in those three years, due to the amount of ambulances that we've prevented from being called out, so that's just the ambulances, um, we reckon we saved just over 100 grand um, for the NHS. So So what are you doing? You're you're kind of treating the the injuries there? Yeah, we're treating them on the bus um, or on location if necessary. Um, you know, so we're trying to um, prevent people that may have, I don't know, fallen over, bumped their heads, um, you know, got into a bit of a scuffle, got injured in that manner. Um, we're trying to stop them from ending up in A&E, whether that means making their own way there or by calling an ambulance. Mm. If we can get them first and treat them, sober them up and send them home, you know, then they're not going to end up in A&E, you know, clogging up the system there, you know, taking up the medical staff time and using up a bed because we can say to them that we're first aid trained, we'll patch them up. If we do think that, you know, they, they do need to um, head to hospital, then we can help them there as well. We've got um, a support vehicle that we can pop them up the road to the hospital in that. So even if they do have to go to A&E, at least they've not had to, you know, 
call an ambulance unnecessarily. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the core and that's our main aim. Is right, I, can under, I can understand the project and I think it's a cracking idea. I think it sounds brilliant. Yeah. But how did you, Carly, how did you get into doing this and, and why do you do it? Well, um, I was already working, the the organisation that um, looks after this project is the Safe Luton Partnership, and I was already working there um, part-time on another um, daytime um, community sort of safety project. Um, they were looking for a coordinator, and it just really appealed to me. Um, the idea of being able to help people when they're out and about, and generally quite vulnerable um i just thought it was something that was really really needed um not only in Luton but in the wider community um so i just i just liked the idea of being able to you know help people really carly um, have, you, have you just moved if you have go back to where you were because your signal's breaking up a little bit right okay that's better stay there don't move okay do you ever get any no. do you, drunk people though they can be obnoxious do you ever get any abuse and argy bargy Occasionally, it's not an often occurrence. Right. Um, every now and again, there's one or two, per, you know, there's one or two people that, you know, for whatever reason, they're in a bit of a, ba- a foul mood. Um, we take a zero pol- uh, zero tolerance policy on the bus. You know, if you're rude to us, you know, then you can just go away. And have you got a big? Have you got a couple of big fellas though? Because you, you try telling a drunk person <laughs> to get lost, and they yeah. don't listen, do they? We do. We do have a couple of big fellas, but Good. to be honest. Um, we're also well trained that it doesn't really matter what size you are because we d- we have done um, conflict resolution training with Beds Police. Right, okay. Um, so you know we've even got some small um, ladies and fellas that are just as capable of uh, telling someone to <laughs> head, head on the way home. The the S because the, the SOS bus is is that open all year? Yes, it is in Luton. It is yeah. And and I'm assuming have you noticed sort of the, the last week and this week that it's actually a lot busier than, than perhaps yeah. it is else, uh, other times. Yeah, it always does. Come you know mid to end December, that's when we start preparing ourselves for the busy you know the festive rush. But yeah, most of December is much busier than any other month. I'm on the bus, Carly. I've had uh, (laughs) uh, eight pints of lager. That was just started for me back in the day. I've had a kebab. I throw up on the floor. Whose job is it to clear that up? Well, Is Carly Stokes going to do it? On the bus, then, yeah, I'd have to. Oi, Carly. (laughs) We're very very well prepared at Projectile Vomiting. We've got um, (laughs) some great um, (laughs) stick bowls always at hand. So Uh, it doesn't often happen on the floor, thankfully. uh, (laughs) Sometimes in the van. (laughs) I hope people are enjoying their breakfast this morning. Uh, So (laughs) you're you're in Luton tonight, are you? Yes. Whereabouts will you be so people can come and find you? It's on St George's Square, yep. so um, that's right slap bang in the middle of the town. Um, we're a bright yellow bus, you can't really miss us. Um, but yeah, we're right in the central pedestrian area, just outside the mall. I think it's a cracking idea. I wouldn't do it for, for all the tea in China, <laughs> but I'm glad that there's someone is doing it, Carly. Best of luck. Thank you. Have a good Christmas. You too. Bye-bye, there we go. Is it, isn't it interesting, people doing stuff kind of selflessly? I don't know if she's getting paid. I think they're all volunteers. But it, it, people, she might be getting something. But people doing stuff, it sounds like a horrible job, doesn't it? Doesn't it sound grim? Really? I don't like drunk people. I used to be one. I don't, they're just so boring and obnoxious and loud. And, oh, please, for goodness sakes. And yet she'll go and give up her Friday night and her Saturday night to go and hang out and sort them out and point them in the right direction and charge their telephones. When I was a teenager, uh, you know, getting drunk on a Saturday night, part of it was you lost your friends. And then you'd tag on with some random people and then you'd walk home with a bag of chips. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Well, it is known as Black Friday today for the ambulance service because it's as busy as New Year's Eve, one of the busiest nights of the year. And we'll hear from them after the news at eight o'clock. Right. Let's get the travel news now. Sophie Tyler. 
lighter than normal on the M25. And with that, she was like, look, that's, that's what's happened to Sophie Tyler. She's turned into a sonic hiss. Basically, uh, there's some stuff happening on the roads, but the trains are probably OK. They might not be. Have a little look beforehand. We'll, we'll give you a proper uh, travel bulletin a little bit later on, but... Let's get the latest headlines now, shall we? So, women paying the same as men in car insurance. It's going to happen because of uh, EU laws. From today, prices will rise for women by an average of 25%. It's because of European Court of Justice ruling, which was made in 2011. Companies will no longer be able to vary premiums according to the policyholder's sex. Sorry about that, Sheila's wheels. Well, 18-year-old Nancy Hatcher is from Watford. She's learning to drive at the moment. Morning, Nancy. Morning. You've lo- Oh, dear, you don't sound happy, do you? You've, you've looked into car insurance. What have you been quoted? Um, I've been quoted over two grand to be on my mum's car. Gulp? W- 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 what? Yeah. It- <laughs> what, what does your mum drive? A, a Rolls-Royce or a Porsche or something? No, it's just a little Mazda. Ay, ay, ay. Is, are you going to be able to afford that? No. <laughs> so what no. are you going to do? Um, well, I don't think I'm going to be able to... Well, learning to drive is so expensive as it is. Yeah. And when I pass, I don't think I'm going to be able to be insured. And I won't be here for that long, because if I go off to uni... Yeah. And if I pass in March, I don't think it's really worth me having insurance for a year when I'll be off anyway in September time. Uh, do you think it's unfair? What, the, the, the amount, or that it's now equal to men? That it's equal to men? No, I don't. Well, that's interesting, because a lot of women are kind of said, well, hang on, you know, it's, it's blokes that, that cause the, the, the majority of accidents, then women should have it cheaper. Why do you think it's fair? Well, if it's... If it's... Uh, if you want equality everywhere, uh, within work, within... Every, if you want equality between men and women, then I guess it's just one more step that women are going to have to put up with if, they're, if they want equality. Uh, and how about your friends? Are they all in the same, same boat, I guess? Yeah, I mean, lots of my friends have are paying over two grand for insurance one of my friends was quoted over five grand flipping heck um and one of my friends won't actually tell me how much hers is she pays because she drives a vintage beetle <laughs> she won't tell me how much it costs <laughs> now when, when you say your friends are paying this are your friends paying this or is daddy paying it Daddy would be paying that. Yeah, you see. When my boys, my boys won't be able to drive for another 15, 16 years. It'll probably be three times as much as that. I'm not paying. I'm not paying that for them. (laughs) Go and get a job. Same in my house. (laughs) <laughs> really? Have you, have you, did you have... Uh, Nancy, have you uh, had a little hissy fit with your parents? Oh, no. No. No, it's a ridiculous amount. I'm not going to be cost by that. Oh, good for you. Well done. I like you, Nancy. Oh, I, I, I wish all young people <laughs> were like you. <laughs> stay, Nancy, stay there, because we're going to talk now to um, Ashton West, who is the CEO of Motor Insurers Bureau, based in Milton Keynes. Morning, Ashton. Good morning. Nancy seems to think that this is completely fair. Um... I have to say she's probably a lone voice, or not, maybe not a lone voice, but a fairly rare voice, other than the judges of the European Court of Justice. I think most people have taken the view that it's um, not for, far short of barking, to be honest. Well, if, they, if women want equality, Ashton, then, then surely they should be bound by the same rules that blokes are. Couldn't agree more, but um, it's not based on gender, it's based on risk. Um, quite simply, the men are worse drivers than women in terms of the the accident uh, statistics. They're very, very clear. If you look at the average claim for um, an 18-year-old male, it's sort of four, four and a half thousand pounds. The average claim for um, an 18-year-old uh, girl is about two two thousand seven hundred pounds. The risk of it happening is much greater for men than women. It's based on risk. It's not based on gender. It relates to gender in the sense that women are less likely to have and l- have lower cost claims than men do. 
So that's what it's based on. It's not based on gender. We hear uh, Nancy there was saying figures of, of, of over two grand. Friends might be paying over five grand for insurance. It, 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 that, I, I, that sounds ridiculous to me. Is that is that kind of right though, Ashton? Yeah, it's probably not far wrong for for, well. for, for young drivers. I mean, it is all. It is. It's a highly competitive market, and it's all based upon actuarial analysis of, of statistics i'm afraid that's the cost of claims if um you know, personal injury claims go up and up and up every year you've no doubt been bombarded as everybody else is by you know cold calling text messages emails encouraging you to claim every time you're involved in a no-fault accident mm. these costs just stack up and then it comes back you know you think it's oh well we'll all have a go at claiming you know a whiplash claim and then when you get your renewal notice you find it's two or three thousand pounds you can't have it both ways why why has this happened ashton why couldn't things just stay the same um because it's all just all goes back to the gender directive for in Europe and particularly a ruling by the European Court of Justice um, in March of 2011 which basically said that an, ex- an exemption from um, the gender directive for an insurance was no longer applicable and therefore by today um, uh, it, the UK has had to bring themselves in line and insurers have to stop using gender as a basis for pricing they can still do gender-based marketing in mm. the sense you can still sell, sell sort of products aimed at um the female market but you cannot differentiate on price purely based on gender and how would it work i'm going to pluck figures out of the air that probably nonsense but if i if i was a, an 18 year old girl uh, and six months ago i was paying 750 pounds insurance would i still be on that premium or would i get a massive leap you'll get you you'll get an increase um uh, it's really for new contracts right and for that read also when you renew because that's effectively a new annual contract mm. so if if you're if you've got your insurance at the moment fine until the renewal comes right. along you won't get an increase overnight it won't happen today it will happen when you renew your policy and then you'll get an increase um which could be sort of up to 25 percent for 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 young girls uh, it, it'll be lesser as, as the risk the risk reduces for everybody as you get older insurance companies they, they they are all about making money it would seem why couldn't they have kind of split the difference a bit and brought the women's up a little bit and brought men's down quite a bit well i think that's that's largely happening um uh, women's will go up men's will come down um but obviously you're starting from different bases so you know if you if you, if if again like you i'll plot figures out the air to illustrate the point yeah if you if you've got a thousand pound average female premium and two thousand average male if the if the balance premium is 1500 that's a 50 percent rise for a girl but only a 25 percent mm. reduction for a man that's pure that's pure maths you know so mm. so um that is happening that is exactly exactly what will happen because you will not be able to differentiate the two on price but you know i have to say that, that there are you know don't despair if you are a young girl out there listening to this um that there are things you can do and particularly there's a, there's a well listen ashton we've got nancy who's who's 18 and is taking driving lessons now talk to her tell her what she can do my, my best advice would be have a look at what they call telematics products um, which are b- products that are based upon your individual driving ability and it starts to help you straight away because it's basically a black box using the tele- telemetry of a vehicle so it gives the insurer knowledge of how you are driving and if you're driving well your premiums will be reflecting the, your driving behavior there's a lot of these products flooding onto the market now how I much really could you save ashton up to 25 percent 
Nancy, would, is that something that, that would work? Would that make it affordable? Yeah, well, it still wouldn't be particularly great, but I think that's probably even a better thing to do for male drivers who are paying more. Yeah, yeah, I, I, that's probably true. That, um, but, but it, it would still be, it would be based upon your own driving behaviour, and, and the, the better driver you are, the, the lower you're. Nancy, is it is it when is there a part of you that's thinking, oh, what's the point in even taking driving lessons? I'm never going to yeah. be able to afford to drive. Yeah, definitely. You, I guess you're hearing more and more of that, aren't you, Ashton? Um, I, th- I think that's that's true. Uh, um, the, the cost of driving is, is uh, getting more and more expensive. There's no no question about that. Uh, insurance, of course, is only one element to that. Petrol and other things are uh, as well. But um, it, it is it is getting quite expensive. Uh, there's no question. About it. I've I've got three young well three girls I should say of my, of my own, and I've um, I was impressed with your determination not to have to fund that. Um, mm. Let's wait for a few years to see well, what that. I was going to say, Ashton, is, in, in your house, is, is Daddy going to be paying the insurance? I have been. Wow. <laughs> For three of them? Uh, when they first started to drive, absolutely. Well, yeah. they're, they're paying their own way now. But. Good. Ashton West, listen, from the CEO of Motor Insurers Bureau, thank you very much. And Nancy, how, how are you finding the driving? Are, are you enjoying it? Are you any good at it? No, I'm really bad. <laughs> 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 how many lessons have you had? Too many for the amount, for like the standard oh. I'm at. But what, what can't you do? What, what bits are you particularly bad at? Because I'm brilliant at driving. I'll give my, you some tips. My instructor names faults after his students. What? And I'm not, like, names things that you do wrong. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm the only one to ever have two things named after them. What, the, what's a Nancy Hatcher? Give me, t- give me the Nancy um, Hatchers. Driving in a bush, just kind of constantly. Just if you see one, you just head towards it. And also not being able to judge when you're parallel doing manoeuvres. Just never knowing when you're parallel. Ever. I'm so glad your insurance has been put up. <laughs> I really you, you, How many times have you driven into a bush? I do it kind of once a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, Nancy, what a pleasure talking to you. I hope you never get to drive properly. Thank you. Uh, but have a lovely <laughs> Christmas and thanks for coming on. Thank you very much. There we go. Nancy, uh, who's, uh, who's 18, she's from Watford, she's learning to drive. Bushes beware. Wasn't she honest? Well done, her. I can tell you now. Yes, don't don't drive into bushes, kids. Paul, you've uh, you're on the line. What what do you think about this? Is it fair for women to pay pay the same as men? Well, after hearing the last <laughs> caller, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> to be I'm honest, let's glad they're bushes and not other vehicles. Let's be people. honest. She 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 didn't really present the best case for young female drivers, did she? No, not at all. She didn't do the case any good justice whatsoever. <laughs> 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 She's got two offences uh, named after a Nancy Hatcher is when you drive into a bush. Brilliant, I'm going to remember that. Yeah, well, I have to say, from my own personal experience, I mean, I average one accident a year. Right. And 80%, at least, of those accidents are actually caused by women. Right. Um, like pulling out of junctions without watching and so on and so on. Um, 20% by, um, by blokes. Um, and in the world of equality, now this is the important thing, yeah. equality, they should be paying the same as men. By, by, definitely, you yeah. know, is, 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 the only time you should get concessions and reductions in your insurance is if you go and do an advanced driving test and things like this, um, where you're certified and it's proven that you are a very good driver, not just on day so that someone's saying you are a good driver. And also, um, as a part, um, just on the point of the telekinetics, yeah. um, as far as I'm aware, um, I was going to go and get one of these little black boxes in my car, but I would have to pay two hundred oh, plus pounds heck, to that. have it installed. So that being the premise of that, it would take 
several years, two or three years, to actually pay for that bit of equipment I want, listen, to go into my car. Paul, I want equality for radio presenters insurance. My, my car insurance is over a grand, right? I drive a six-year-old Polo. The reason it's over a grand is because I'm on the radio, and so insurers oh. think I'm going to have, like, Paul McCartney or Burt Reynolds in my car. So they <laughs> think, oh, yeah, I'm going to be driving around with Paul McCartney, and if I have a crash with Paul McCartney, they're going to have to pay millions out on the insurance, so they bang the premium up. Equality, well, equality for radio presenters, Paul. Yes, I agree with you there. Thank you very much indeed, Paul. I'll, I'll, I'll fade you off before that agreement turns into disagreement. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five over a grand for a six-year-old polo. I may have written off a couple of cars in my time as well, but that's by the by. Hertfordshire's Olympic gold medalist Ben Mayer won the Christmas cracker in the show jumping at the International Horse Show at Olympia yesterday. He triumphed in a 15-horse jump-off. And that's your latest news and sport. More from me at 8 o'clock. What is a 15-horse jump-off? Is it like when Evil like Knievel... It's like a dance-off with oh. horses. Mm, thanks very much. <laughs> So he's raw oh. when they kind of just grab one another. I don't want that. Smith, Sorry. You know, when they... I do apologise. Jonathan Bernard-Smith, they're talking about wrestling. <laughs> well, let, well, let's listen to it, because it's a clip worth listening to, and then I'll play the jingle. So he's raw when they kind of just grab one another, whereas Smackdown is when they fling them over the back and no, all that. it's all the same. Oh. It's, What's the difference, just, then? Oh, it's different type of wrestlers. Oh, I see. So, like, yes. you might get the big ones, then do the raw, and then the little ones. Well, <laughs> do, if that's the case, I'm going to go raw. The BBC embeds <laughs> hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's, it's an hour and a half of the last Christmas show, that, uh, the last show I'm doing before Christmas, so we're allowed to be a little bit slapdash and a little bit random, I think. Uh, morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Yesterday, we told you that the Hawthorne Theatre in Welland Garden City had banned three-year-olds and under from the panto. Disgusting. They'd also banned knitting. Well, we've made a difference We've made a difference. They've changed their mind, and they've changed their silly, silly rules on their website. And also, the big getaway starts today. Are you jetting off abroad for Christmas? If you've ever spent Christmas abroad, or you're going to do it this year, could you give me a call and tell me why it's so appealing? Or maybe you did it one year, thinking it would be the dream Christmas, and it turned into a nightmare. Christmas in a hotel... In a villa, on a cruise, oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Well, people are jetting off all over the world today. It's going to be very, very busy. And Justin Dealey is at Luton Airport. Morning, Justin. Ian, good morning. Thousands of people jetting off from Luton Airport. Over a hundred thousand over the festive period, going to all sorts of destinations. And I've been speaking to some of those lucky passengers a few moments ago. Vivian, you look very glamorous this morning. Tell us where you're going. I'm going to Israel. And tell us why you're going there. I've got a daughter living there, so I'm visiting my daughter. Oh, lovely. When was the last time you saw your daughter? Uh, about six months ago. Oh, you must be so excited. I am very yeah. excited. Can she cook, though? That's the big question. <laughs> she can. I gave her the cookbooks. She can. <laughs> well, she can too. Fantastic. Have a lovely trip. Thank you Enjoy so yourself. Much. Thank you. And, uh, madam, what's your name? Oh, excuse me, Lindy. Lindy, where are you going for Christmas? Edinburgh. And again, any particular reason? Yes, my sons and my grandson are there. Oh, and how old's your grandson? He's 11 months. 11 months old. You're going to have such a great Christmas, I aren't know. you? <laughs> I know. Yes. Mind you, I suppose the only drawback is it's cold this morning, but even colder in Edinburgh. However, when you've got your young grandchild it there, doesn't it doesn't matter, matter, does it? No, nope, not at all. Mm. 
have a lovely trip. I know that your flight's going to be going off pretty soon. Thank you so much. Okay, Merry Christmas. So lovely, Ian, to hear those voices. You can just tell straight away these people are so happy going off to see their friends and family. Joining me live here in our radio car at Luton Airport is Carolyn McCall. Carolyn is the Chief Exec of EasyJet. Welcome to the programme. Very, very busy day. Is this your busiest day of the year? It's actually the busiest day of the winter. So we have busier days in the summer, but this is absolutely the busiest day. We've got actually 90,000 people flying just today across our network. And you're about to be boarding a flight very soon, aren't you? Yes, I'm just about to board the Tel Aviv. So we've got a lot of passengers going to Tel Aviv today. And why do you do that? Why are you doing that today? Why are you getting yourself on a flight? It's fantastic, actually, for me to see, um, meet all our passengers, um, meet our ground ops team, um, just see how allocated seating is working because we now have all our seats allocated Uh, So you can choose to pay for a seat if you want a particular seat or you can just get an allocated seat. It's working brilliantly, actually. So it's great to just see the airport, passengers, see how it's going. And you've heard from two people there, one going to Israel, one going to Edinburgh. Where is your top destination for Christmas here from Luton? Well, from Luton, there are three top destinations domestically, Belfast, Edinburgh and uh, Glasgow. And um, in mainland Europe, it's uh, Berlin. So the Christmas markets, big theme. I was talking to some passengers today. Reykjavik, which is a really interesting winter break. That's not about visiting friends and family. Mm. And Corfu, because it's warm. So you've got a combination, really, of people visiting friends and family and a combination of people just getting away for Christmas. And you mentioned the weather there. You must be absolutely delighted. Well, we haven't got any ice. We haven't got any snow. Times are good. Well, I know for all the children out there, because I have three children, they are extremely disappointed that there's no (laughs) snow today. But from an airline's point of view, this is fantastic. And actually, from passengers' point of view, this is really good news because it means that, you know, all our flights are getting away on time. We can be, you know, we're industry leading in terms of punctuality. We can sustain and maintain that. So it's very good news indeed. Flights are still available over the festive period. but, But Ian's been talking about this this morning he's been saying have you ever been abroad at christmas now you as the chief exec of easyjet i would have thought you go abroad every year but you've never been abroad for christmas have you well only because my children won't let me i mean they 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 like to have christmas at home but i think what's brilliant is that actually people assume flights are very expensive at christmas whereas honestly you can get to paris you can get to milan you can get to all sorts of destinations on easyjet on christmas eve for about 70 pounds one way so it's worth checking if you want to make a quick getaway You'll have Father Christmas wearing orange next year, won't you? Probably. Well, we already yeah. have, I'm afraid. We had 200 <laughs> Santas in the hangar. I knew it, I yeah, knew it. I'm afraid. Thank you so much for your time. Merry Christmas. Really appreciate Merry it. Merry Christmas to you as there well. There you go. Brilliant stuff. That was uh, Carolyn McCall there, the chief executive of EasyJet. So, Ian, this morning, yes. we are live at Luton Airport. Lots of great stories coming in. I'll be here throughout the whole of your programme. You mentioned uh, F- Father Christmas being orange for yes. EasyJet. Do you know why Father Christmas is red? Has that got something to do with a Coca-Cola commercial? Yeah. He, he, Father Christmas used to be dressed in green. Yes. And then Coke got their filthy hands on it yeah. and made him red, <laughs> and they've rewritten history. So the, the same thing might happen there. We might have an orange Father Christmas all well, over the world by next year. O- orange is my favourite colour. Being a Luton Town supporter, my bedroom used to be orange. Oh, why do you always? <laughs> why do you always have to swing it around to football, man? Oh, because football's a big thing in my life, Ian. Come on, have a little respect for me. <laughs> Justin Dealey just asked me for respect. Call 08459 455 555. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Sorry, girls. You've got to pay the same car insurance as blokes. No more Sheila's wheels, none of that. And the EU law has said that uh, you can't discriminate when it comes to pricing of products. We've got some comments on facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. Sam J. Roblet says women should pay as much as men. When women's pay is as much as men. 
Dave Magic Boy Williams. Just because women drivers aren't as good as men, they shouldn't be forced to pay more. After all, they do look pretty as they drive along using their rearview mirror to see that their makeup and hair are okay. And they're very conscientious when it comes to parking in a large sp- uh, space, taking five or ten minutes and numerous attempts before achieving that 45 degree angle in the parking spot. Oh, David, please. Michelle Ramsey says, I don't think it should be about gender. It should be about good driving. Those who drive badly, male or female, should pay more. Simple. And Jeremy Endersby says, yes, it's called Equal Opportunities. If they don't want to increase it, reduce men's car insurance. And two texts, 81333, starting the text 3CR. I think this equalisation of insurance is one step too far by the EU. Insurance should be by risk. It's a travesty says Steve. And Ian, I think car insurance should be equal between the sexes, but now, but how has it been equaled? Have women's prices gone up to the same as men's? So insurance companies are making even more. Or has it been average? So women's have gone up and men's have gone down. From Dave. Well, women's have gone up quite a bit, and men's have gone down a little bit. A little bit. I don't think I'll be noticing the change in my car insurance when I get to renew it next March. Thank you very much indeed for that. Now, yesterday... We told you about the Hawthorne Theatre in Welling Garden City. They said, under threes, verboten. They were not welcome at its performances of this year's offering, Jack and the Beanstalk. Well, many of you wanted to have your say about whether you were upset or understanding. Oh, I was so sad to hear this. I think Panto is one of the most important ways to get children introduced to the theatre because they can't go and see, you know, Hamlet straight away. And, and it's a chance to let them realise that entertainment can be without a screen. Have you had young kids come and see your shows? I have. My nephew came at three weeks old. Wowzers! <laughs> yes, I'm not sure he took an awful lot in, but he did. He showed willing. And then and he came again last year when he was one years old, and he absolutely loved I it. I absolutely don't think they should be allowed. <laughs> Excuse me? What? I have a two-and-a-half-year-old who um, would just cause absolute mayhem in a pantomime theatre. And if I was taking my nephew, who's nine, yeah. I wouldn't want him to lose out because of... My son's a very well-behaved child... However, he's just got a lot of energy. As an actor, you don't tend to get treated like a rock star. But when you walk out and you are, you know, I don't know, obviously I've never been Cinderella, but I've played Dandini or, you know, the Prince Charming or whatever. Oh, you're a good-looking actor. Well, Well, you were in your day. Perhaps many moons ago. (laughs) Yeah. But when you walk out and the kids go mad for it, you know, it's a wonderful feeling. And, you know, you're making... People are enjoying themselves. The whole idea of pantomime is to enjoy yourself. I think it's terrible. The whole point of panto is that it is something for the family. I think the whole thing is quite ghastly, and I think children should be kept at home until they stop grunting and learn to use a knife and fork properly. They wouldn't ever go out until they were in their early 20s. Well, absolutely right. <laughs> she was the etiquette expert, that young lady at the end, and she was wonderful. Uh, well, Paul Underwood, the head of policy and culture at Wellin Hatfield Council, spoke to Rob on Drive last night. Well, I think what's happened is we have had children under three in the theatre, but if anybody asks at point of sale when they're coming in inquiring about tickets, can I bring in uh, a baby in arms? We've said, well, actually, it's probably not the right environment for a baby of three or six months. They won't really understand what's going on, and that it would be best if the child didn't come into the auditorium. So all they're really doing is applying the guideline that we've had in place for quite a few years. But having said that, I think, you know, 
we accept that pantos are an exception to the rule. We're happy to relax the rule for uh, for the remainder of this month. Well, the rules were up on their, their um, website, and yesterday I read to you some of the requirements from the theatre's website. Here's a reminder of some of those rules, read, to, uh, read by a member of the breakfast team who is barely clinging on to her job, Kelly Betts. Slurping. Although we allow you to drink during a performance or screening, please be mindful... Please be mindful of the noise this makes. No hobbies. Please don't knit during a performance. Watch the performance. No talking. You are in the theatre. You have come here to watch. Please be quiet. No mobile phone usage, including updating Facebook or the like. Please turn them off. The glare from the phone can be very annoying. Hello? Yeah. No, just updating my Facebook. No shoe removal. This is just unpleasant for everybody. Please don't do it. Her job is safe for another week. That's her posh voice. <laughs> Never heard her speak like that in my life. Thank you, Kelly. Excellent. Well, they've taken those rules down from the website. We're making a change. So I think that means if you want to take your shoes off, knit and slurp, then you can. You're allowed to. They've also changed the rules on their website about babes in arms. Babes in arms are not allowed in the theatre or c- cinema. Well, yesterday, this was 36 months and under. They've now changed it to 12 months or under. Ladies and gentlemen, the power of BBC Three Counties Radio. Before we go to the travel, uh, Olive, could you swing your microphone round in front of you? Because I made... Li- I think it's that one. You go for it. Let's, let's see if you can speak into that one. Oh, look, we've got to put the headphones on. Ollie, yes, I just said, you made the sweeping comment that... Oh, excuse me. You can move it, go on. I made the sweeping comment that Father Christmas is red because of a certain brand of cola, and then you took great glee in telling me I was wrong. Well, you are. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. This is work experience Ollie, who, who won't be getting a paid job. Why? Well, according to, according to the rival internet source that is Wikipedia, um, the Red Santa Claus was around way before the 1930s and the Coca-Cola advertising campaign. And I said, yeah, but Wikipedia is full of bullshine, and you said, yeah, but... But I think they did it on QI as well, and Stephen Fry said it's true, so it is. Thank you very much. That's Ollie, the work experience boy there. Putting me in my place. I'm not crazy enough to uh, dispute it when someone someone corrects me. Hello, very good morning to you. I've got some bad news as well, but um, not just yet, not for today. Is it as bad as the world ending? It, um, um, uh, well, actually, if the world ends, then it won't happen. There we it? go, we're fine, we're all covered, yeah, Elizabeth. Weekend. No, I don't think it's going to be as bad as that. I think that would definitely be the worst news. I'm very excited about Christmas. Very. It's next week. My Christmas holiday starts in one hour and ten minutes and ten seconds. I'm out of here. I'm out, well, I say I'm out of here. I, well, I'm assuming we're going to go for our regular Friday fry-up. Yeah, of course, it will be rude not to. With a bit of mint sauce on it. I love mint sauce. Even though I'm a vegetarian, I have mint sauce with my roast dinners. But roast potatoes covered in mint sauce. Oh, that really is, as to, to quote a, a popular song, that is living all right. Well, speaking of living all right, we, we may not be living all right after 11 minutes past 11 this morning. The world is going to end. Well, according to believers, a cataclysmic event is going to take place at 11 minutes past 11. Uh, At that time, a Mayan Mayan god of war will descend from the sky. Some people are taking no chances. In America, there's been a rush on survival shelters. In Russia, panic buyers have snapped up flasks and torches. And there's a tiny little village in France that, according to the Mayan stroke Mayans, is um, going to be safe. It's tiny. 
And the mayor has said, look, please don't all come to this, this village, we're tiny, and loads of people have gone to that village. Well, earlier on I spoke to Luke. He's one of the nut- uh, sorry, he's one of the people organising the survival effort in Suffolk. Right, well, there is food, there is water, there is clothing, there is lighting, there is batteries, life rafts, in case there's a flood, we've yeah. got it wrong, and there's just going to be a flood, and they're the self-inflating ones. Um, we have a game system, you name it, we've got Hang it. on a second... Right, you're predicting the end of the world. You got an Xbox in there? Yes, yes. Yeah, oh yeah. What, yeah. Ga- what games you got? Uh, well, as far as I know, Call of Duty. So far, they've spent. I, I worked out they've spent just over a hundred thousand pounds on all of this. So um, I would say the purchase price of the field was probably about eighty-two thousand, from what I can work out. Yeah. Are we doomed? Well, University of Hertfordshire's Dr Mark Gall- uh, Galloway is based at Bayfordbury Observatory. Good morning, Dr Mark. Good morning. Uh, glad to still be here. Well, we're, we're still here just... W- will we be here at midday? Yes. Oh. <laughs> at one o'clock? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's Two? no reason to think the world oh. get around today more than any other day. So it's not going to end? Well, I mean, there's a very, very, very small chance, but no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's worse than I was expecting from you. <laughs> what, 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 why, why are people saying it's going to end? Um... I think you should never underestimate um, people's ability to make things up. Become <laughs> panicked by ridiculous statements because it's on the internet. Oh yeah, listen, I, d- I don't believe anything that's set, written on the internet, especially if I've written it. Yeah. So what could? Cause, so, so can you see from your observatory? Have you spotted any meteors heading towards us? That, anything like that? No. Hey, hey. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm work with some of the smartest astronomers and astrophysicists in the country. We've got access to some of the best telescopes in the world. Yeah. Um, I think we would have spotted it if the Mayans had spotted it. I'm right. sure they didn't even have the wheel. Did they not have the wheel? No. Oh, idiots. Even I've got a wheel. <laughs> I've got a couple of wheels. So what can, what can you see from your observatory? Well, obviously we do quite a bit of research. So we, we look at galaxies and stars. and Don't really do much stuff in the solar system, but we look at things like asteroids, and those are the sort of things that long-term do threaten the planet. Well, ha- well, hang on a second. Now, now it's got serious all of a sudden. How, how m- much danger are we in of an asteroid coming oh, and hitting us? Well, asteroid impact will happen. It, it's an huh? absolute certainty. And kill us? Um, well, it depends what size it is. Um, so if you've got something about 50 metres across, lands inside the M25, everything inside the M25 would be destroyed. OK, so that's London. Yeah. I'm not so worried about that. I'm moving yeah, out. but if you had something that was quite a lot bigger, yeah. say 50 kilometres, that would probably destroy most higher forms of life on the planet. Wow. But I will not worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, OK. Because, because, you know, there are lots of other things that are really nasty that are, are almost certainly going to happen, so... Well, hang, well, hang no, you, no, I thought this was going to be a light-hearted, aren't the minds crazy, but now you're <laughs> actually scaring me. Ha- when, is, when is this asteroid going to hit us? Well, isn't it, well, right, OK, so the whole thing about asteroid impacts is that yeah. we don't really know. So most of them, <sighs> we probably wouldn't get much warning. But um, to be honest, there's, we know about 600,000 objects in the solar system which we track. Um, sometimes they come fairly close to the Earth, but none of them really ever come uh, close enough to us to worry us. So okay. I wouldn't really worry. There's nothing okay. we can do about you said, it. You we said there are... the old Bruce Willis thing, go up there and blow well, it up with a well. nuclear bomb, because actually what we get is, instead of being hit by an asteroid, we get hit by a radioactive asteroid. Oh, no, that would be worse, <laughs> wouldn't it? Even I know that. Well, you said there are other things that are going to happen first. Yeah. Go on. Well, uh, there's Yellowstone <laughs> Park, which is a super volcano. Uh, that's about... Oh, that's considerably overdue for an eruption. That'll coat most of North America in an ash blanket a couple of metres thick. That'll probably cause global collapse. Do you want any more? Yes. In about 900 million years, the sun will be too hot to support life. 
so the earth will be basically a crisp. So lots of other things, it's, it's pretty bad. I wouldn't worry about the fact that the mine calendar basically when, ended and they forgot to buy a new one. When, it, <coughs> when is the... Uh, you're more su- likely to be killed by that bacon sandwich that you're going to have, by when, the way. When is the supervolcano going to erupt? Well, they don't exactly have exact dates on these things. Do they not? It doesn't say on best before besides exactly, or anything. Exactly. That's the, that's the other point about mines. You can't predict things. And if you look at the Mayans, yeah. their world ended when they came in contact with the Spanish. Yeah, oh. They didn't predict that, did they? And did, well, <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't like those Mayans. Oh, I actually think they're fantastic. They're, they're really, really good at astronomy. What, um, the, the, I saw a, a film with um, uh, Jude Laurie playing an Australian with wonky teeth, and that was all about a pandemic, like a bug being on oh, someone's... Yeah, that'll happen. That's going to happen, is it? <laughs> all it takes is someone to sneeze into a hand and then go on an aeroplane, and yeah. that's it, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that's the trouble, because we've got such interlinked societies, things like that can travel oh. very, very rapidly. See, this is why this is UKIP have got a point. Mark, your, your, um, uh, your, your observatory... Yeah. Could I come and have a look at the stars one day? Do you, do you let look like people come and have a look? We do. We have um, open evenings... Oh, uh, man. We, ...where we open to the public. So we do that uh, once a month for six months. So we've got another one in January. January the what? I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but if you visit our website, you'll find it on there. If you just Google Bayfordbury, you'll find our website, and it has the dates on there. I'm def- I'm def- I, I would love to come along and have a little look oh, at no, the galaxies. you're welcome, and we also do group visits, so if you've got a scout troop or, uh, or anything... I haven't got along. a scout troop. I'm kind of hoping I can swing the old celebrity card. I used to be uh, on telly, Mark. I used, I used to know Ricky Gervais. Ah. No, that doesn't swing it with me. doesn't swing it. I used to know, I used to know Ali G. No. Nope. Doesn't swing it at all. Okay, well, we'll sort. Mark, listen, thank you so much for coming on. No, stay with those bacon sandwiches. Not good for you. I will stay well away from them. What with me being a vegetarian and all. Mark, thank you. January the 18th is the open day. I'm going to see about popping along. I'd love to go along. An open night in an observatory. It's up to Mark Galloway from uh, the University of Hertfordshire, based at Bayford Observatory. That sounds wonderful. Totally going. Panic over. Panic over, the world is not going to end today. It's going to be a supervolcano that's going to do it, or an asteroid bashing into us. You can't blow an asteroid up with a nuclear bomb and Bruce Willis? Wowzers. <sighs> car insurance. Women, you've got to pay more car insurance. You, you cannot have cheaper car insurance anymore. Or well, Sue has emailed in. Call me naive if you like, but surely insurance should be charged on an individual risk basis. If I'm a woman that smokes and lives a risky lifestyle, I should expect to pay more. Equally, if I'm a vicar and live a life of low stress, healthy lifestyle, I should pay less than a woman with a high-risk lifestyle. Am I being mad here, or are the only winners in the insurance thing the insurers? So, so suspicious. You, you think the insurers are just out here to try and make some money? No, no, they, they have our best interests at heart. Text 81333. Start your text, 3CR. Pat says, high car insurances are affecting the driving school industry big time. Oh, this is interesting. Nearly 3,000 driving schools went out of business last year. Will the EU now insist on bank holidays and retirement age to come in line with other parts of Europe, which I believe to be more generous? And uh, let's have... uh, Oh, here we go. Here we go. JVS jumping on the Ian Lee bandwagon, as he often does. He'll be on at nine o'clock with his big phone in. He's asking, are women safer drivers in your experience? It's interesting. We've all seen it, and it's kind of a joke, but we've all seen it, haven't we? Women driving along the motorway, putting the lippy on, doing the hair. I've seen women doing the hair, driving along. Really? Well, Jonathan's asking at nine. Are women safer drivers in your experience? If you want to get in touch with them now, I suggest you send him a little email. Oh, 
I'm enjoying today. I don't know if it's coming across as being f- a, a fun listen or self-indulgent twaddle. I don't know. And to be honest, it's Christmas. I don't really care. Lots in the last hour. We'll find out what after the news and sport with Catherine Boyle. BBC Three Counties Radio. First for news. We're having a party down here, Catherine. You come in? Oh, go on, then. I'm naked. Um, I'm washing my hair. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Lots to talk about, including a BBC Three Counties investigation reveals how much money volunteers are saving hospitals by helping drunk people on our streets. Our reporter Jessica Cooper has been out in Milton Keynes to find out exactly what they're doing. And is it fair for women to pay as much car insurance as men? Well, from today, gender equality comes into effect. Companies can't discriminate between men and women. And very special preview of the festive face-off. It's the show that Jonathan Vernon-Smith and myself have recorded. It's going out on Boxing Day, and we're going to play a few minutes of it a bit later on. No, not because we haven't got enough content to fill the last hour of the show at all. We thought you might enjoy it. Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. You can send us a text, 81333, starting your text 3CR. Or you can give us a call, 08459 455 555. Now, it's the last Friday before Christmas, but to the ambulance service, it's known as Black Friday. They're expecting it to be as busy as New Year's Eve. Volunteers in the three counties have saved more than £100,000 in the last three years, preventing people on nights out being sent to A&E. BBC Three Counties Radio has gathered the the figures from the SOS bus in Luton, which is out all year round helping drunk people, and the Safe Hut, which is open over Christmas in Milton Keynes, for people to get water, flip-flops, there is a reason, and condoms. Apparently there's a reason for those as well. Our reporter, Jessica Cooper, spent last Friday night with the team, including Andy Jones, who's one of the volunteers. And listen very carefully, you'll hear a, a drunk person talking in this and someone tweeted is that posh drunk person jonathan vernon smith i don't know let's let's listen out it's really just a, a place for people to be able to come be safe uh, we have a st john's facility next door uh, where they provide first aid and things like that so we're here to help people have a good time at christmas and also to um you know avoid some of the burden that you might get at a and e later in the evening with some of the more minor injuries and so, things like that how much do you think a voluntary service like this actually relieves the pressure on our emergency services in 2010 we had a busy year we saw 135 people in the run-up to christmas uh, 75 of which would potentially have been visits to the accident emergency unit and St John's treated here. We have, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, every other year had one life critical situation where their prompt intervention is, is recognised as saved somebody's life. So, you know, it's definitely a valuable service, but um, it's also it's quite good fun and it helps people have a good night out. And they also give a good impression of Milton Keynes. It's just arrived, and this there, Jonathan, offered us water, and it's a very nice object. But to be honest, I want to get drunk. Oh my God, you flip flop! Well, I'm Sarah Mills. I'm the marketing manager on the theatre district, and um, and this is the fourth year that I've got involved in volunteering at the Safe Hut. We want people to have a good time. Nobody can believe that it's all free and that we volunteer to do this. But it's really nice to be able to put something back into your town and. And it's, it, I don't know, it just makes you feel good if you can help people. It's very nice, and it's um, different. <laughs> no, seriously, I think it's a good idea. It's showing that someone is thinking about you. Even if you're slightly drunk, you know, there's people out there caring for you. Oh, my goodness! Oh, my 
I'm, I'm a bit sober this time. This so is I want to say thank you for listening. I was out with um, my ice hockey lot. We got a bit drunk. It was my first night out with them, so I was getting. I was, I was trying to impress them by drinking loads. I ended up in um, Safe Art, and they looked after me. They gave me some water. They sobered me up. I was going. I was going to walk home, but a lovely lady, she um, got me in a taxi home, which is really good. They've saved me basically. I could have walked home, got lost, woken up in a bush somewhere, or even worse, someone could have beat me up because I was quite drunk. I didn't know what I was doing. So I really appreciate what they're doing. You know, we see already this evening we've treated a couple of people for minor injuries. Um, and so as the night wears on, you know, we'll be able to just, you know, wander around, give out some water, you know, some condoms, sweets, and things like that. And then later on, the great thing is the flip-flops, because the, the girls all love them when they've had a night dancing in high-heeled shoes. The girls all love them. It sounds like a cracking project to me. Well, Gary Sanderson is from the East of England uh, Ambulance Service. He joins us now. Morning, Gary. Good morning to you. What do you think of those uh, the volunteers in the three counties are uh, helping drunk people on nights out? Oh, it's an excellent initiative. You know, obviously there's several initiatives throughout the, throughout the regions, you know, anybody that can give up their spare time, you know, on nights like this, you know, they deserve a big pat on the back and they're doing a great job out there. Because when I first heard this, I thought, oh, dearie me, what a bunch of do-gooders sticking their nose in. But they have stopped literally hundreds of people either getting ambulances or going to A&E when they don't need to. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? That is, and you've got to remember, you know, these people... Um, of suffering very minor injuries, mm. you know, and um, we need our ambulances out there for life-saving incidents, you know, so anybody who can save someone from going to an A&E department, you know, and clogging up the ambulances and, out and the A&E departments, you know, that's brilliant. You must get it, Gary, when you, you turn up somewhere and you look at someone and you go, really, you've called us out for this? Yes, we don't thought to, you know. And you have to treat them with the same kind of respect, I'm assuming, as someone who's, you know, their arm's been chopped off or something. Oh, yes, that's right. You know, everybody who calls 999, they have a reason for that. You know, but sometimes it is inappropriate. We have, you know, bizarre calls throughout the year where people call us up for things like this, like carrying their drunk boyfriend upstairs to bed, you know, which is not acceptable. Sorry, they, they call you for what? Uh, a young lady called us recently for her boyfriend. He was unconscious on the settee. Emergency crew arrived and, f- and she asked them if he could be carried upstairs because she couldn't lift him. You know, things like that. It's a total waste of time. I'm, I'm rendered speechless by that. I hope you told her where to go. Oh, yeah, the advice was given and we wasn't required. But, you know, that occasion, that ambulance was tied up for 10 to 15 minutes where it could have been required for someone who really needed a life-saving permanent crew. Why is tonight going to be so busy for you, you lot? Well, it's compared to New Year's Eve night. Everybody's out last Friday of the holiday festive period. Office parties, people out in the streets. It's just going to be an absolutely crazy night. No, but we're urging people to stay safe. That's the main thing, you know. Look after yourselves and and try and avoid an ambulance taking you to hospital tonight. You were out in a response car, weren't you, last night in Hertfordshire? What happened? Uh, It's very busy. We had two serious road traffic collisions. another minor injury it was a, a steady night but i think it's brewing up for tonight that's when our crews are expecting uh, to be exceptionally busy and do you lot get any time off over christmas or is it pretty busy now between now and new year yeah the crews have got a, a set pattern rotors you know obviously they're, they're trying to enjoy the festive period if they're working you know in their downtime 
you know, so if you see the Amherst crews out there, give them a wave, and, uh, you know, they do a brilliant job out there for I, I've called the, I've had to call the ambulance a few times, they've always been amazing, and what is it, but what is even better is my little boy, he's, he's nearly three, and of course, when he sees a Ninor, it gets well excited, and the number of times we've seen a Ninor, and, an ambulance, sorry, and, uh, we've gone up to the, the people, and they've not, the, the ambulance crew have not been that busy, and they said, do you want to have a little look? And they, they've let him have a look, and open the doors, and so for, you know, just, just for that alone, I salute you lot, you're, you're, you're a wonderful job. Well, that's, that's really good to hear, you know, but this, again, if we can stress, if it's not an emergency over the next two to three weeks, you know, please call 999, only an emergency. If you've got a sore foot you've had for several weeks, don't call 999 on Christmas Day, please. Oh, I'm laughing, but it's ridiculous. Gary Sanderson from the East of Ang- uh, England Ambulance Service, thank you very much. Can you believe that a woman called an ambulance because her boyfriend was drunk and she wanted help getting him up the stairs into bed? That's mental. Catherine Boyle, you really must think again. On FM, AM and online, this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Yeah. Just just realised I hadn't played any of the Christmas jingles that I've been sent, and <laughs> today's the last day I can play them. I've had them for a week. Let's have another one, shall we? Orangutans. Oh, no, that's... <laughs> that's not one! That was a genuine accident! Oh, dearie me. Well, it's been nice working here at BBC Three Counties. I'm sure they'll get someone decent in to do the show after Christmas. Shall we have a little look at the front pages? Let's just focus for a second, for goodness sakes. Uh, The Guardian. Uh, He's waiting for the end of the world, but Putin says it's 4.5 billion years away. There's Ian Knapp, a British uh, ex-chef, prepares for the worst in a field. So there's a, a fat bald man in a dinghy in a field. Wow. Uh, Ministry pays out millions to torture victims. Lawyer says 400 settlements show systematic abuse of Iraqi detainees. That's The Guardian. Let's have a look, see what other bits and pieces we've got here. Look, my papers are all over the shop this morning. Who'd have thunk it? Uh, The Daily Telegraph. Planning rule book is torn up. Thousands of pages of planning rules are to be torn up. Not literally, I'd imagine. Prompting concerns from MPs and campa- campaigners that protections for the countryside will be weakened. Postman in need of... Where's a picture of a postman in a flood? I don't really think that warrants being on the front page of the newspaper at all, to be honest. But uh, that's what they put there. The, uh, the Times. There's some soldiers on an, uh, an aeroplane. Uh, and Mitchell Blast's Met Chief. Former Chief Whip declares no confidence in Bernard Hogan Lau. How? Andrew Mitchell has questioned the impartiality of Scotland Yard's top policeman and sought assurances that he would have nothing to do with the plebgate inquiry. The Times has learnt. Uh, the Daily Mail. What does it take to get jailed? Father who abused and punched a headmistress only has to pay £100. Thief with 9,000 victims walks free. And then there's a picture of Andrew Mitchell kissing a policewoman. I know, it's horrible, that, isn't it? That's really unpleasant. Hey, I really do like police. <laughs> Come here. Come here, love. I like you guys now. (laughs) Uh, The Daily Express. No benefits for beer and drugs. (laughs) Oh, that's a shame. I was hoping I'd get some benefits for my beer and drugs this year. Never mind. Skyvers taking us all for a ride face crackdown. I think they want crackdown, don't they? Benefits claiming benefit claimants are facing a ban on buying booze, cigarettes, or drugs with their handouts if a crackdown gets the go ahead. Uh, And the sun. Well, child sex cops swoop on Fred the Weatherman. That's the front page of the Sunday. Morning, it's 8.15. It is, uh, where are we? Friday the 21st of December. These are your headlines this morning on BBC Three Counties Radio.
A Hemel man who's left uh, a cruelty left a baby needing around-the-clock care has had his jail sentence extended. Street volunteers working with young drinkers in Milton Keynes and Luton are saving the NHS thousands of pounds. In sport, the taker... What are you wearing this morning? Uh, it's, uh, I'm going away, so I'm wearing all my old clothes. <laughs> no, don't mean clothes-wise. I'm getting a real waft of... Oh. Uh, what is it today? Old Joe Malone. Lime Basler Mandarin. The takeover of Leeds... <laughs> I thought it smelled suspicious. The takeover of Leeds United will finally be completed later today by GF- GFH Capital. The weather... T- oh, it's very strong. It's too strong. <laughs> it's making me feel nauseous. I'm dizzy. The weather today for beds, hearts and bucks. Mist and fog to start, but mainly dry with a top temperature of nine degrees. It's the, the, the scent equivalent of what I believe in the old days would be called a roofie. You know when you, when you put something in someone's drink to knock them out? <laughs> That's what you're doing to me now. BBC Three Counties Radio. Result, result, we're having a result. It yes. is Christmas, it is Christmas time. Is it really too strong? It's a little bit um, potent. My eyes are watering. Really? Yeah. I only gave myself a gentle spritz this morning. But you've, you've uh, what, all over your body? Well, no, I give a little spritz here, a little spritz there, and then I spritz into the air and run through it. <laughs> <laughs> Naked? <laughs> well, yes. Oh! Semi in my pants. Sorry. having a very important meeting with the boss. Yes. I think I'm going to be having another one later on today. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. I was having a very important meeting with the boss, okay? (laughs) And she has the radio turned on in her room, listening to to you. (laughs) And you were playing a record. And then you were singing the harmonies over it, because she can hear... She doesn't have the radio. She has the... (laughs) What goes on between you and the producer. So I can't remember what song it was, but then suddenly you're going... Still alive, still alive... Or something. It wasn't (laughs) that, but it was something. (laughs) Your pants! Oh, God! Why did you... You you knew what I meant. Didn't you? Anyway, coming up at nine on the big (gasps) phone-in... Oh, my that's word. If, that's if you've still got a, a big phone in that nine o'clock. I feel as if my face might explode. <laughs> Coming up at nine on the big phone. <laughs> Coming up. <laughs> that's the best one this year, isn't it? <laughs> hey, oh, it's our last time together before Christmas. Last time together before we sign on, yes. <laughs> <laughs> David Prever, are you in the house? <laughs> oh, dear. Stop it, I hurt. Coming up at nine on the big phone-in. Are women safer drivers in your experience? Uh, Evidence that women are less of an accident risk when they're driving will uh, have to be ignored, as you've been discussing this morning, by car insurers Mm -hmm. from today, thanks to a ruling from the European Court of Justice. Were insurance companies, were they quite wrong to assume that women were safer drivers anyway? 
From nine this morning, I want to hear your views and your experiences. Are women safer drivers in your experience? Pick up the phone, call me from nine on 08459 455 555 and uh, we'll discuss that after nine. There's, there's no point, really, is there? Now, listen, I'm going to let you regain your, your composure because we, 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 we are off. I'm off for a week. You're off for three weeks. Mm. But using the magic of recording technology and cassettes, we're on on Boxing Day. It's incredible. Between seven and nine o'clock. Yes. How's it happening? We recorded it last week. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to play a little bit now. Oh, good. It was fun, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was fun for us. It's like, I'm wondering if today, I'm having so much fun today, I don't know if it's coming across as, as, as being, a, hey, this is a fun listen, this guy's crazy, <laughs> or it's a bit self-indulgent. <laughs> no, no, it's been fun. Okay, well, we're going to play a bit. I don't know what this bit is. I've, I wasn't listening when I was told what it was, so we're going to play it, and this is a, a, a little snatch from our festive face-off that's going out on Boxing Day morning between 7 and 9. Have a listen. It's all about you. Hatters, Hatters, what a great team. We are playing football today. Take me Sprout. (laughs) Name that tune. Name that tune. I've done your jingle. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's Ian Lee. These are our buzzers, are they? <laughs> Wait for it to finish. Wait for it to finish. Wait. Oh, no, oh. does it twice. Uh, does it twice. I was unaware. That's going to be annoying. Yeah. Wait for it. Ho, ho, ho. Nan and Fan. When Jonathan goes to the toilet, he always sits down, oh. so it's a good job I always get all the seats. <laughs> <laughs> she does know. <laughs> Everyone knows. <laughs> oh, no. They kept that bit in. They kept that bit in. <laughs> I thought that was the bit that was going to go. Yeah, well, so there's no point in listening now. No, that's <laughs> it, really. It's much better, actually, I think, when it's all in context. <laughs> Boxing Day, seven and nine in the morning. It, it was de- if you're having a really lonely, miserable Christmas, then do tune in and listen to that. Um, and if you're having fun, you can hear it on the iPlayer. Yeah, true. Later date. Uh, uh, you can go now. We finished. Thanks very much. Bye bye. Merry, Bo- uh, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Oh, I got a present for you. No, you haven't really. I have actually got your real present. Oh no! <laughs> I know what this is again. You've reused Christmas paper. Kelly Betts gave it to me and I didn't want to open it, so I thought I'd let you know. Oh, no. <laughs> How many times are you going to give me this picture? I don't want it. I'm here for two years. It's really horrible. <laughs> Merry Christmas. See you later on. Have fun. Orangutan's anus. Wrong one. Genuinely the wrong one. <laughs> this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. It's exciting Christmas. I'm genuinely... Very, I may be a little bit too excited. Let's calm it down, shall we, for the last 35 minutes of the show. Is it fair for women to pay as much for their car insurance as men? From today, prices will rise for women by an average of 25%. It's because of a European Court of Justice ruling which was made in 2011. Companies will no longer be able to vary premiums according to the policyholder's sex. Well, our reporter, Serena Farrow, who's been asking people in Bedfordshire whether they think it's fair. They take all the details into account. So if men are higher risk, then they should pay more. Sorry. Maybe it's a bit biased because I'm a lady, but that's life. So no, I think it's totally unfair. Not fair, definitely. Especially younger men. They tend to be a bit more careless. 
than women. Why are we getting charged more? Just because we're women. But you're on your other half's insurance. Is that because it's cheaper? It is because it's cheaper, I suppose, yeah. Oh, it's a bit sexist, really. I don't know, maybe we should be paying the same. Why should men and women be different paying because we're a man and a woman? You don't think we're safer? No, especially when we've got screaming kids in the back. They should pay as much as us, yeah. Equality and everything. It's, I guess it's fair to have women as the same as men. Statistics prove that women are better drivers. So in a way, we're paying for men's accidents, so it's going to go up even more. Why should I have to suffer because of men? No, if they can get it cheaper, I don't blame them for that. I wish the men could get it cheaper. Watch the women to pay more, get the men to pay less. I mean, that's going the wrong way about things, isn't it? Rather, let the women pay less and then we can say, we want to pay less. That's going backwards, going the other way, say, bring them up. That's giving the people and insurance companies more money. You know, if we want equality and everything, then might as well have equality in car insurance as well. Yeah, that's great. I won't, definitely won't be able to afford it then. So how yeah, much was your insurance? About 1200 Yeah, a 1.2. Nothing special. Driving since I was 18. I'm 24 now. I did it for a year and no, won't be doing that again. Not in a hurry. Get the bus, which is ridiculously expensive but still cheaper well adrian webb is from the communications department at sheila's world morning uh, sheila's world morning adrian good morning you must be screwed there mustn't you this was your big selling point wasn't it um well the interesting thing here is the the ruling has no effect on marketing um so we can continue with our pink sequined ladies um the second one is we've insured men from day one much as uh, most people get it wrong um and the third thing is because we've got half a million women but only fifty thousand men um sort of good driving of all those uh, all those women will help to protect the customers so actually it's a bad law but it's, it's not a bad day for us but will it if, will, will your women's customers uh, premiums go up um, I'll, I'll tell you what's going to happen here. Um, for probably the majority of drivers over the age of 30, there probably won't be a great deal of difference at all. Um, you, you quoted a statistic average of 25%. I'm sorry, that's rubbish. Um, people have said it could go up to be up to 25%. But for the vast majority of drivers who are over the age of 30, there probably won't be a great deal of difference. But um, young women, your, 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 your selling point has always been, hasn't it, for cheaper car insurance deals, yep. girls get onto Sheila's wheels. Quite right. Uh, but you're not allowed to do that anymore, are you? Well, what I ask you to bear in mind is the fact that uh, all insurance companies, you take the premiums of your customers and those go yeah. for the claims of your customers. We've already got half a million women. Right, um, but so you're not allowed to advertise on the premise of, of doing cheaper car insurance for women, are you? Uh, no, we have to give the same price to a man and a woman as of today, and we're very happy to do so. But to be honest, we've, we've insured men from day one. It's just that we market it very differently. Not very many men come to us. Uh, will you be spreading the advertising, directing it more at gentlemen from now on? Nope. We will continue exactly as we are. Uh, there's no requirement for us to change our marketing at all. Um, we're proud. Apart of from the line about coming cheaper, cheaper insurance for women, come to us. That bit has to go. Well, in, no, interestingly, I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a very good point, because as I say, because we are such a big insurer of women at the moment, yes. and all those women with us, they, they won't have such expensive claims, so it should flow through to the prices, so it'll be an interesting thing, we may, we may well continue, but... Um, so you're going to we'll keep see. the line about, for cheaper sh car insurance girls, come over to us? Well, the thing about cheaper car insurance... Yes or no, that, <laughs> <laughs> just a yes or no, agent. it'll be great. We probably won't legally be able to use that line. There we go, thank you very much. we have to give the same price to a man and a woman, but... You know, it's it's about those half million women we've got who are going to protect all the other women who come in. There we go. Adrian Webb there is from the communications department at Sheila's Wheel at Sheila's Wheels, and uh, 
struggled <laughs> to give a yes or no answer there to a question. Thank you, Adrian. We got there in the end. Well, what do you think? Do you think it's fair that women are, are, are being charged the same as men? That, that it, you can't discriminate between men and women anymore when it comes to things like car insurance. Women are supposedly safer drivers. On FM, AM and online, this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Ah. Coming up in the next half an hour of the show, the last 30 minutes before Christmas, the big getaway starts today. Are you jetting off abroad for Christmas? We'll hear from our reporter, Justin Dealey, who's at Luton Airport. And over the last few months, we've, we've kind of got into a little tradition, nay, a custom, of the end of the show on a Friday, we get some music in. We had that young lad playing that instrument last week that wasn't a sitar, but I can't remember what it was called, but he was brilliant. Drum circle, brass band, vocal group, cello. Well, find out in 15 minutes' time who's coming in today. All very, very exciting. <laughs> Across beds, hearts and barks, this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. 125,000 people heading to London Luton Airport today as the big Christmas getaway begins. People heading all over the place, Paris, Reykjavik, Dublin, New York. Well, Justin Dealey is there. He's out and about with the passengers. How's it going, Justin? Busy? Good morning. Yeah, very, very busy indeed. I'm thinking about tweaking a Christmas classic. Everyone, of course, flying out for Christmas. Chris Rear driving home for Christmas. What about this one? I'm flying out for Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could you sing it it to us? I'm flying out for Christmas. Yeah. What do you reckon? No. No? No, no, no. Uh, What happened inside the terminal, it's uh, very, very busy in there. Here's one family going abroad for some sunshine. Okay, so here we have a happy family of four. Madam, what's your name? My name's Jane. Here's Archie. Yes. How old are you, Archie? Eight. Eight years old. What's your name, young man? Ewan. And how old are you? Eleven. Eleven years old. He's an excitable boy this morning. And what's your name, Dad? My name's Dad and I'm 52. (laughs) 52. Fantastic. Don't look at Dad, but 25. So, (laughs) tell us where you're going for Christmas. We're going to Sharm el-Sheikh in Egypt. And I presume very hot at this time of year? 25. uh, Average temperature during the day. It's not bad at all, is it? We should come back with a little bit of a suntan, I think, yeah. Put your speedos in the bag? Oh, they're budgie smugglers, really. <laughs> Enough talk about that. Let's go back to Mum. Uh, Mum, this is your first Christmas away. You have been away for New Year before, but it's your first Christmas. Why are you going away for Christmas? We just want to get away and get some sunshine and uh, get away from a big building project we're doing and de-stress, really. Yes. Some time together. Time to chill out. Absolutely. Yes. Archie, I know that you are incredibly excited about going abroad, aren't you? Just um, on a scale of 1 to 10, how excited are you about going to Egypt? 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10? Yep. <laughs> wow, amazing. And Ewan, how excited are you? Probably 10 out of 10 as well. Really? Yeah. Are your friends jealous about this trip? A bit, yeah. yeah. And it will be your dad right now. Dad, come here, come here. Have you had a word before the Christmas? Have you sorted this out? Is he going to be making the trip to Egypt? It really depends on the behaviour on the tr- flight going across, I think. Yeah. But, but um, I'm sure we'll get yeah. exemplary behaviour. And uh, I'm sure Father Christmas will turn up, yeah. So you've given him the postcode change then? Yeah, I think so. I think so. You know, we've do- we've I've emailed him, so yeah. I think I think he'll be fine. Awesome. Okay, yeah. guys, we can now go back to the kids. Guys, have a great trip. Thank you so much. Enjoy yourselves. Thank you. Thank you, Christmas. Ian, isn't that wonderful? You can now email Father Christmas, so yep. hopefully... Yep. He's got a computer. Yes, he has. He has got a computer. So one family there, um, people turning up all the time. Here's another family starting with one lady who I can tell you right now was tanned to the max. Oy. Take a listen to this. 
Well, here's Valerie, who looks incredibly tanned up already. Where have you been recently? I've just come back from Florence. Oh, lucky you. Where are you going now? Going to Tenerife now. And how hot's it going to be in Tenerife? Very nice and warm. Is 25 this... degrees. Yes, all right, enough of that. <laughs> um, is this something you do every Christmas? No, but we have done it before. Um, is it slightly weird being abroad for Christmas, though? Uh, quite nice. Yeah. yeah. Y- yes. Yeah. Fantastic stuff. Have a lovely trip. Here's, uh, here's your son as well, Richard. You're dropping your parents off this morning. You look a bit bitter. I've got to be honest with you. How are you feeling about this? No, I love it. I'm going to Bracknell for the day. I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> so you're going to Bracknell. They're going to Tenerife. Christmas abroad, not for you, then? But, well, they're taking my son with, so third generation here as well. So I'm losing one, but uh, I'd love to, but work must prevail. So your parents are going away, and your son as well, and you're yeah. stuck at home? It's not on, is it? Oh, it's not on. I've got a Christmas CD over there. Okay, it's got some dreadful songs on it. It'll keep you company on Christmas Day. That'll make me even more miserable, thank you. <laughs> I'm only joking. Listen, have a great Christmas. Thanks, Thanks so much. Thanks very much. Thanks. He took it all in good spirit. I've also spoken to a couple earlier on. They're going to Spain. They're going to be touring Spain in a camper van. What sort of Christmas oh, is that? Um, I've also spoken to a family from Stevenage a moment ago. Ten of them, they also are going to Egypt. In that group, four young lads who are flying for the very first wow. time today. So it's going to be a great day uh-huh. for them. But people here, Ian, very, very excited. They're going abroad for Christmas. I mentioned earlier on that I've done it. Did it once. I won't do it again, but for these people, they are going away for some sunshine and a great time. What does a, what does a daily family Christmas involve, Justin? I imagine you kind of, you're in your, your silk dressing yeah. gown, <laughs> puffing yeah. on a cigar. And, and you know me so well. I do, don't I? Is that, is that the kind of, kind of deal that goes on in, yes. in Dealey Towers? Absolutely. On uh, Christmas Day, I pretend to be posh. I have some smoked salmon and uh, some scrambled eggs. Uh, then I go off to work. Then Boxing Day is all about the football for me. But oh. no, you know, around Christmas, it's just about spending some time with the family. Yes, I'm doing some work, but but I do enjoy spending time with the family. I've got a, a very, very close bond with my parents in particular, so I'm thoroughly looking forward to Christmas. You say doing some work. Let's be honest. Yeah. Th- this ain't a job, is it? No. In, in the great scheme of things, what we do, it's not work. It's all good fun. I'll be live on Christmas Day between 2 and 6, and it is, honestly, in my opinion, the best day to be on the radio. Some people would say, why are you working on Christmas Day? Well, because I think you've hit hit the nail on the head there. It's not like a real job. Being on the radio on Christmas Day is the best thing. And it's time and a half, isn't it? Um, Double, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Justin Dealey, thank you very much indeed. Cracking stuff, as always, from Justin Dealey. He's talking there about going abroad for holidays, uh, for, for Christmas. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. First of all, I couldn't be somewhere warm on Christmas. That wouldn't be right. You hear about these people that that have barbecues on the beach in Australia on Christmas Day. Well, they're they're some kind of deviants, aren't they? That's not proper. That's not how things should be done. I want to be cold. I want it to be grey. I don't want it to be snowy either. I want it to be just wet and miserable. That's what Christmas weather should be. And I want to be at home or a relative's home resenting the fact I'm in a relative's home. You get these people that go to... I I remember once, a few years ago, I had a job, uh, again, not really work, where I had to go to Hawaii. I know, and they paid me. I flew to Hawaii, and it was just before Christmas, and I got out, I I guess, maybe on the the, the 20th, something like, 21st of December, and there were people flying in for their Christmas holidays. And yes, I did sit on the beach and drink milkshakes uh, on the on the 20th of December. But I was glad to go home because the Christmas trees were there, the staff were all dressed up as Santa. And it just felt it felt so wrong being somewhere so warm and beautiful and there was the beach and the sea and people were swimming and it just felt 
it, it wasn't right spending Christmas there. I couldn't do it. I wanted to be home and miserable and with my family. 08459 four double five five double five. You've got 20 minutes to give us a call. If you've ever been abroad for Christmas, give us a call. And also, you've got 20 minutes as well, if you want to call me up and, and uh, d- talk about women pay- being forced to pay the same for their car insurance. So we, interesting, we had an 18-year-old girl who said... It's not great, but, yeah, I suppose if we want equality, then, yeah, we have to do it. We had the Sheila's Wheels guy trying to um, use smoke and mirrors to detract from the fact that, well, actually, they've got to take out their main selling point. That they can't offer cheaper car insurance to women anymore because it's against the law. What do you think? Is, uh, is it a decent idea or is it a terrible day? Jonathan Vernon-Smith is, uh, is carrying this on at nine o'clock and asking something along the lines of... I'm, I'm paraphrasing slightly... Uh, are women as uh, better drivers than men? Here we go. It's being typed on my screen. Are women safer drivers in your experience? You can get in touch with them now. JVS show at bbc.co.uk. Are women safer drivers in your experience? We've all seen them, haven't we? We've all seen them uh, doing the makeup when they're driving along. My wife can't park. I have to park the car for my wife. If I, if I want the car to be anywhere near the curb or in a tight space, that, I say tight, that's like a car and a half, then I, I'll, I'll do it. Go on then. We've got a text. So Nick and Hitchin is texting. Ian, as you're a vegetarian, what are you having for Christmas lunch? I'm veggie too. I'm always interested in what other veggies are having. Well, normally, I don't know what we're having this year, because I'm in mum-in-law's, and she's a brilliant cook. I'm guessing that she might be making a nut roast of her own, like from scratch. I know, that's crazy. Or, and you know, BBC and advertising, all that, but M&S do cracking nut roasts at Christmas. They do really nice ones. You can get them in other places as well, but, you know, M&S is probably the best. Also, pass this message on to Justin. I so love him. For, uh, yeah, I know what you mean, Nick. I so love him for the way he always manages to wind the conversation around to the Mighty Hatters. They're a football team. He is a legend. Well, I don't know if Justin is a legend. He, he does have a, a, an uncanny knack of turning the conversation around to football and to this ridiculous obsession with his football team. He's been promising me since I started here in the, uh, I don't know when it was, beginning of September, I think, end of August, beginning of September. I've never been to a football match, right? And Justin keeps saying, oh, I'll take you to a f- football match, Lisa. Don't you worry, Lisa. I'll take you to a football match. All right, girls. I'll take-. He's not done it. Now, why has he not done it? Is he worried that I'm going to be appalled by the violence and casual racism I see on display at this place? What, what, why? Justin Dealey, take me to a football match. Got some bad news, kids. Well, the world is supposed to be ending at 11 minutes past 11. We, we spoke to, um, I nearly said an, uh, an ophthalmologist, but that's just a made-up word. What do they call the people who look into space? An astronomer. That's it, an astronomer. What? It's, it's 18 minutes till, till Christmas starts for me. I'm counting the clock. <laughs> who said, actually, we're not going to, the world isn't going to end today. Um, it, you're more likely to end because of the supervolcano in America. Oh, thanks for that. Or if an asteroid hits the Earth. Um, but we've got a, a text on the world ending, 81333. Uh, if the world ends during the JVS show, will he take it up in a future consumer show? Barry for hell. I don't think you're taking it seriously, Barry. I don't think you're taking this seriously in the slightest at all. There are people that are just... I remember years ago, I used to do a television show called The 11 O'Clock Show, and we would go out and we would interview people on the street, and we kind of, we'd, we'd interview them about nonsense. 
And there was a story from a scientist saying the world was going to end in six million years' time. It was this story about an asteroid is going to hit us in six million years' time. And we went up to a woman and said, look, we've got this paper here. The, the world's going to end. She started crying. She actually, we said, whoa, hey, whoa, talk about pranks going wrong. She started crying. We said, whoa, it's in six million years' time. She said, what about my grandkids? I said, well, I'll be honest with you, love. In six million years, they'll be dead. She started crying even more. Oh, it was tricky talking our way out of that one. Let me tell you. Um, and a couple of Facebook comments. Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR on insurance for uh, women. And by the way, you can go to the Facebook page all through the Christmas period. We're going to put up some video and some photos from the festive face-off that uh, Jonathan and I have done. Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. If women want equal rights, then they get them and moan. And all men aren't bad drivers. It's just a few, but we all pay more. Uh, and uh, someone says, uh, Ian, they want their cake and to eat it. You can't have equality when it suits you. Maybe affecting things heading up towards the Three Counties area, though, so do check before you travel. Come on, Sophie. BBC. Come on. Come on, look, we're counting the minutes until my Christmas holiday starts. Hurry up, be finished. I'm done now. Uh, Have a lovely Christmas. You too. Don't drink too much. <laughs> and uh, I, I, well, no, I'm just, I'll give you that advice. I know it's falling on, on deaf, drunken ears. Have a lovely Christmas, and I'll speak to you in the new year. See you in the new year. Bye-bye. In sport, Hertfordshire's gold medalist Ben Mayer won the Christmas cracker in the show jumping at the International Horse Show at Olympia in triumphing <laughs> in a 15-horse jump-off. Don't, Catherine Boyle's here. And, that was and, very nice. And, any tips on how I'm doing the news? Uh, well, I'm not really one to poke fun, am I? No, not frankly. really. Okay, this is, watch and I'll do that one again. Hertfordshire's Olympic gold medalist Ben Mayer won the Christmas cracker in the show jumping at the International Horse Show at Olympia. It's written wrong. In. I know. Do you know who wrote that? Who wrote that? The sports boys in London. Oh, they put an extra in in there. I idiots. think it's Christmas already in London. Idiots. Coming up, it's Friday, and that means we're going to have a little bit of music. I can see some musicians walking past. Look at that. Ooh. And he's got a box of mince pies. Get in here, boy. Come on. We'll find out who they are after the weather with Elizabeth Rossini. Do take care and have a very happy Christmas. Elizabeth. Yes. We all love you here. Oh, thanks. We think you're brilliant. Oh, I love you too. Have a nice Christmas. You too. Bye-bye. Well, disappointed. Uh, Catherine Boyd has been saying all week, oh, I'll come, I'll come and hang out. I'll come and hang out. She's gone. As soon as the band turn up, she's gone. We're joined by the band. Uh, Trouble with Tuesday. Good morning, gentlemen. Hey, morning. Morning. You can check, morning. You can check your Facebook and Twitter. I don't mind. Hey, no, <laughs> I'm turning my phone off because it will ring. Profe- oh, it, popular. I, I guarantee you it will ring. Ver- it'll be my boss saying, why aren't you at work? What do, what you, hang on, you're not a professional rock musician. <laughs> um, <laughs> Can't you do yes, that? I am. <laughs> what, um, what, do you do, what do you normally do for a living? Um, I'm, you can say it, I'm, a, I'm a food retail store manager. For uh, West Cornwall Pasty Company. Hey, and, uh, That's you, my real life job. I'm, ass- I'm assuming you've brought in a load of pasties for free. No, I haven't. I've brought in some mince pies, though. Yes! Gan <laughs> on, boys. Gan on. Let's have some mince gonna pies. going to eat them all now. We're going to open these up. So introduce yourself, gentlemen. What, what's, who are you? Um, my name's Adam, um, and I'm the singer and guitarist for Trouble With Tuesday. I'm Steve, uh, drums percussion. I'm also Steve, I play the bass. Yeah, I play the bass as well. Yeah. I'm a bass player, and I've got a beard and you've got a beard. And you're both vegetarians. <laughs> you're both vegetarians. It's wow. like I've known you all my life. It, it is, you could be my brother. <laughs> tell, me, tell me more about you, v- bass player man, because I wanna, I wanna, I'm not interested in these two losers. His, surna- his surname's Lee. <laughs> you shouldn't be. Um, I enjoy walks on the beach and long conversations. Why don't we go for a chat on the beach one day? <laughs> let's, let's hang out. That would be totally awesome. Does, does Luton like have a beach? I didn't know that. <laughs> Luton Beach is, is a famous, I didn't know that. famous beach. So tell us, tell us a little bit about yourselves boys how did you get together what's the story um well uh, we've been together for 
around four and a half Make years. Make this story together. last long enough for me to eat a mince pie, please. Okay. We've been t- <laughs> we've been together for about four and a half years. We're a, uh, a pop rock band from around kind of between Bedford and Luton. Um, Steve, bass Steve, we call him Stilo to stop any mix-ups. Yeah, um, he's been with us for two years nearly, or a year and a half. You boy, how's he, how's he fitting in? Is he doing all right? He's, he's settling. He's settling slowly. <laughs> Bless his little heart. Um, oh, you're, you're, you're my favourite. You're um, my favourite. <laughs> we're a, uh, and he's nearest the door, we're, a yeah. um, we're a pop rock band more than anything else yeah. um, we've uh, been kind of uh, we've been told that we sound we've got a little bit of stereophonics kind of sound to us I'm not going to hold that against you we're uh, shall we thank have, you very much do, do you wanna, you've got a Christmas a Christmas song yeah yeah, Kelly texted me yesterday and said, can you come in? This and is Kelly like, Betts, okay. who works on the team. Morning, Kelly Betts. There we go, thank you. Salute always works well on radio. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying that we had trouble getting a band, but we were struggling a little bit. But then you got in touch and said, we'll come and do it. Yeah, why not? Fair play, it's Christmas. Let's, should we have a little listen to your song? Away <laughs> you go. Do it. We'll have some of that. That was fantastic. That was brilliant, boys. Thanks. Thanks. Excellent bass. Oh, cheers. <laughs> <laughs> cheers, bro. That was good. Uh, we're bass bros. Uh, and you raise a lot of money for charity as well, don't you? Yeah, we do a lot of work for the uh, for the Alzheimer's Society. Why? How did you get involved with that? Um, well, my granddad's uh, got Alzheimer's, mm. and uh, from kind of two, three years ago, we thought, well, we're in a band. Let's kind of uh, let's try and do something yeah. with our music to help raise a little bit more money. Um, so we recorded a new EP. Um, at the time called Strong Enough um, and 70% of all the proceeds go straight to our Sum Society Brilliant um, We also started doing a thing called Trus Rock where um, every year we get some bands down to um, the first year we've done it in Campbell Park in Milton Keynes the last two years we've done it in uh, Bedford Esquires um, all together we've raised you over £3,000 You set up a little it. mini festival? Yeah Hey there you go that's fair play Yeah How's granddad doing? Because my granddad had that and it's, it's not a fun thing is it? No it's not um, he's, kind, he's in the final stages of right. it now but it's kind of as bad as they look some days they, yeah, they, yeah. You know, they say it can last sort of another 10-15 years you, yeah. you just never know it's kind of one of them things It's you know? not a nice thing to see I've seen it happen no. to my granddad but well done you for raising a bit of money and doing it and listen the, the drummer boy you've got some good little head movements going Thanks. on there you've got the wiggles like going on there <laughs> pretty good for this time of the morning Is he the typical I've been in bands is he the typical drummer turns up late got a bit of an attitude and a bit <laughs> mardy all the time <laughs> No that's, that's more me I think <laughs> Really? I was actually here at 10 to 8 Oh well, a, a drummer who actually can, can keep probably, time can and is on time. <laughs> and I was here at 10 to 9. Listen, we've got two minutes. Can you cram, give us another song in two minutes? Um, oh, uh, we can. What? I've thrown you on the spot now, look. Yeah. You've, only, oh, okay. you've only actually got one song. This is okay. a, all a ruse. Oh, well, seeing as not a lot of people might know us, so we'll do a killer song, shall we? Yeah. Do, do whatever you want to do. Right, if you want to we'll do one of yours, we'll do a killer song. We'll do a killer song. Okay, away you go. Boys, keep the music going. Come and sing it. Keep the music going. You're going to be the best of the travel. I hope you don't mind. We're going to get the latest travel news now. Let's go over to Sophie Tyler with these gentlemen playing underneath. Sophie, away you go. Sophie Tyler, BBC Three Counties Sophie, Radio. thank you very much. Have a lovely Christmas. You too. Take care, my dear. Bye-bye.
very quickly, have you, have you got a website if people want to come have a little look? Yes, uh, ReverbNation.com forward slash Trouble with Tuesday. Twitter is at TWT Music. And find us on Facebook and YouTube. There we go. Thank you, boys. Have a lovely Christmas. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Radio. Thanks, Ian. Merry Christmas to you.